Hello Rebels, the man who toes the line of balance, Thomas Carter Rochester, here with my attack of the clones' thoughts. Remember, last week we listed out our, our rankings and it fell evenly at number 11 for every single person on last week's show. And I'm pretty sure for Kleino, the dino felt as well. It's important to note I've hated Attack of the Clones since I was 10 years old. The love story of Anakin and Padme never once made sense to me. The rule of the prequels has always been follow Obi-Wan and you'll never be disappointed. Since then, multiple stories have taken place around this film, such as Queen's Shadow, Queen's Hope, Brotherhood, and even tangentially, Shatterpoint, which follows Mace Windu in the Clone Wars. Shout out Padme. This long-winded intro is to say that 20 years after release, I finally appreciate this film. It's the most I've ever enjoyed it, which is surprising and even more surprising. I had a lot more fun than I did with The Phantom Menace last week. The way events coalesce in this film, just right there at Geonosis, is superbly Star Wars. And it really feels like uh, The Clone Wars in how you have all these characters doing something that seem absolutely unrelated, but in the end, they are related in one simple, tiny, specific way. Anakin and Padme being together is simply because of Palpatine. And it's <laughs> it was Palpatine all along. The subtle hints that uh, uh, to Vader from Anakin, uh, especially in his dialogue, are brilliant, specifically when he's talking to Padme, you know, if you're in as much pain as I am, please tell me. Uh, specifically, his line saying, I'll do anything you ask of me, to Padme, specifically reflects his slave upbringing and foreshadows his complete and utter loyalty to Palpatine, which we see in Obi-Wan Kenobi, where he instantly turns Kenobi off in his mind saying he is of no importance i cannot believe i'm saying this but i really loved attack of the clones and it might be the first time i've ever loved this film and uh, i have it ranked higher than the phantom menace this week that's my official inclusion and vote for the reckless rebellion rankings and I'm 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 heartbroken. I'm I'm verily, verily heartbroken. Um, fun tidbits coming up later in the show. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I'm your host, Scarif Native and Anakin's favorite Padawan, Jack Sunville Pews. And, jo- and I'm joined by the greatest minds the Rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Hoth, Lee Klein Felt. You want to buy some Death Sticks? Not really. Hater of animation, master of sticky fingers, the new co-host of the direct podcast, David, the box office, Thompson. 
I don't have anything fun to say about this one. You could have done something um, about like aggressive negotiations or something, you know? I, I, I refuse to mention sand today, even though I just mentioned it. Um, I would love to get up on my chair and do the Matt Rimke maneuver, the swivel. Um, but I'm not going to do that either. So, yeah, this I can't wait. Happy to be here, guys. Can't wait to talk about this movie. Yay. I'm so I'm so happy we're doing this rewatch, man. It's given me so much just joy and just uh, wonder about, wow. I really do love Star Wars, don't I? Watching episodes one and two. Ah, man, this is just the best. I'm happy we're doing it in the order we're doing it because now, like, the absolute, I mean, just showing my hand how I feel about this movie, okay? The absolute trash is behind (laughs) us. Mm -hmm. It only only gets better from here. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, As you guys can tell, our audience can tell, uh, Thomas Carter Rochester is missing. He's out having fun and not hanging out with us losers. He has vanished, Uh, I would say. Yes, he has vanished. That will be a callback or a forward back to whenever we do The Force Awakens. Um, With Does that mean next week we get to start the episode with with the dead live? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we'll do do more. Somehow uh, Thomas has returned. (laughs) uh that'll be perfect um so yeah it's gonna be a chaotic show i'm not even gonna try to be the host that thomas carter rochester is but we're recording on july 5th 2022 which means i don't know i'm just reading thomas's notes here and they don't make sense to me they only make sense to him uh we'll be hitting our supreme leading topic and we'll be covering the latest in the galaxy news in the rebel report but before all that let's check in with the smartest execute order 66% of this podcast. Fellas, how are you faring in your part of the galaxy? Klein, we'll start with you. We didn't have a Hoth report last week. How's it going? Wow. Uh, I'm back. I'm happy that you guys you let me back in. I had I had been banished for a week. Was did not appreciate that, but um yeah, I'm back. Things are good. Went and lived in the wilderness for a week. Went on what do you call a spirit journey? Really found mm. myself. Nice. And yeah, now I just want to move to the ocean and surf for the rest of my life that is mm. that is where i'm at so yeah what about you guys any existential crisis is going on around there um no crises for me uh just hanging in there had a pretty good fourth of july uh happy that you're back Klein. and yeah everything's everything's going pretty well on my end uh just living life enjoying summer excited for thor love and thunder this week i'm very excited to check that out and uh Make my own opinion, as I am always excited for any MCU movie coming out, and especially when the reviews are kind of mixed once again. Uh, Jack, how are we doing up in Jacksonville? Nice one, David. Um, doing good. Uh, you know, it's funny enough, guys. Uh, my nickname was Jacksonville, or is Jacksonville Pews, uh, and I just applied for an internship over the fall with the Jacksonville Jaguars, so we'll see how that goes. Um, if I don't get it, I'm not going to say anything on this podcast. So that will just let everybody know that I didn't get it. If you do get it, can you be Jagsonville? Jag Jagsonville views. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, that that works. I'm down. Jack, can we? Uh, if you get this uh, internship or what was it? Job? Internship? Job? Internship? Marketing internship? Can we uh, get every? If you get it, can we get a reimbursement for our uh, week two tickets and maybe get some like box seats? Ooh, that would be yeah. great. You know, maybe we'll see how it goes. Maybe I can get us on the field, David. Oh, I can I mean, imagine. I can imagine that oh, interns have oh. a lot of pull in an NFL organization. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. I Without imagine. a doubt. I mean, it's the Jags. Let's be honest here. Yeah. You can work yeah. your way no, up. You're gonna dude. be combing. You're gonna be combing <laughs> Trevor Lawrence's hair eighty percent of the time. Let's be honest. Here. <laughs> 
<laughs> getting ready for his Gatorade uh, photo shoots. What's the Jags owner called? Uh, what's Shad Khan. Shad Khan. You'll find Shad Khan. You, oh, you, yeah. Brushing Trevor Lawrence's hair with one hand and brushing Shad Khan's mustache with another one. <laughs> Having a great, great old time up there in Jacksonville. I'll get Liam T. Crowley involved, and uh, he can meet Tony Khan, son of Shad Khan, who uh, I don't know if owns is the right word, but he's in charge of AEW, uh, oh, All Elite right? Wrestling. Yeah. Don't they wrestle thing. in Jacksonville somewhere? Yeah. Uh, I think at Daly's Place, which is like a concert stadium right next to the yes. Jack Stadium. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I think they do it there. Thing. Yeah. Or, I mean, they also do it in the Memorial Arena that we have um, where we have some UFC fights, too. Mm, mm. It's pretty cool in Jacksonville. And Shad Khan's yacht is like always out right on the St. John's River, right in downtown. It's amazing. Yeah. Can't go on it. but Can't wait to watch the Colts catch a dub in week two, Jack. Can't wait to be there. Uh, when's the last time the Colts have won in Jacksonville? It's been, been a, a while. Years. It's been a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, guys, I guess we're just going to move on to the Supreme Leading Topic. Oh, yeah. This week, we're continuing with our Rebel Rewatch with Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. We did the Phantom Menace last week. That was... Probably as chaotic as we've ever been, as reckless as we have ever been. We had Matt Remke on for that. Um, yep. And now Klein's back. And Klein, you're just in time uh, for the best Star Wars movie of all time, right? I was about to say, yeah. I'm happy that I got to miss <laughs> the uh, the bump in the road that is Phantom Menace and just get to dive right in with the, with the cinematic masterpiece achievement. Like, mm. just eighth wonder of the world sort of thing. That is oh, yeah. the Clones. Yeah, let's start with overall thoughts on this movie. So I'm going to give happily to be here. Um, I'm going to give kind of my general thoughts of episode one combined with episode two, because they do play into one another. So last night I got back from my vacation. It had been a week. I've got so much content to catch up on. Miss Marvel's still waiting for me. Haven't watched Stranger Things as of yet. Got plenty of podcasts to listen to. I'm excited. And what do I do? I sit down and I turn on the Phantom Menace (laughs) and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm going, Man, am I right? Because in my rankings, I had Attack the Clones below Phantom Menace. I'm watching Phantom Menace going, am I crazy? Like, is is the Phantom Menace worse than Attack the Clones? Yeah. Well, guys, upon watching Attack the Clones today, I can vehemently say that, no, I was correct. Uh, Attack the Clones is much worse than the Phantom Menace. Uh, mm. This movie sucks. I hate this movie. <laughs> I'm going to be completely frank with you guys. I get some enjoyment out of The Phantom Menace simply because it's so bad I can laugh at it. Attack the Clones, I can't. There's moments I can, but Attack the Clones takes itself so seriously. I've seen some prequels lovers out there going like, come on, guys, Clone Wars makes it better, which it does. But like, I'm just going to say this. If you enjoy any of these, I'll even say three movies, Your mileage will vary with Revenge of the Sith. I actually enjoy that movie. If you enjoy The Phantom Menace, Thomas Carter Rochester, you cannot give me a Snyder apologist shit for liking the Snyder Cut, okay? You can't. (laughs) You cannot. Because these two products are very, very much the same thing. It is just an artist, a director, given free reign with no one to ask questions. And here we are. This is what we have. What do you guys think about Attack the Clones? Jack? I'm going to jump off that real quick, Klein, because I am on the opposite side of you in that I think The Phantom Menace takes itself so seriously. 
And it's so bad that I can't laugh at it. And literally one of the notes I have in this word doc I made while watching this movie was, it's so bad, but I can laugh along. I can have a good time because it's so bad. So I'm it's sorry, interesting. But one of these films time. has Jar Jar Binks step in poop and jump up and down or shock his tongue, shock his tongue on a pod racer. The other movie is like, takes attack the clones is a what's supposed to be the the uh the the beginning of the fall you start to see the cracks it's this tragic love story because you know how it ends and it doesn't do any of that very well i'm not gonna like disagree with any of that klein it's just how i feel internally when i put this movie on but david what do you think about this movie and afterward get us into the opening crawl because we had some comments on the phantom menace opening crawl last week sure thing jack I'm not going to lie, guys. This was my most enjoyable time ever watching Attack of the Clones. Let's go. I, Shut I, up. <laughs> no way. Klein's coming in hot. Klein's coming in to this right off Phantom Menace. Hadn't previewed and talked talked thoroughly about Phantom Menace last week. After doing that, after that exercise, right, I came into this thinking, hmm, is Attack of the Clones that bad? I'm still yes. asking that question. No, I actually had a half, half decent time watching more scenes in this movie. I've never enjoyed more scenes, scenes in this movie, I guess is the best way of putting it where I'm like, I was, I maybe it's been, a, it's been a while since I've watched this film. I'll, I'll remind you. It, it has been years for me. Um, I was really trying to pay attention because it's the first time I've been watching it, this movie with the intent of talking about it. I didn't look. It's not it, it's not going anywhere near the top nine of Star Wars for movies. But I enjoy I will be honest and we'll talk about it later. I did enjoy it more than The Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace to me is it you look at the I think what the issue is, you look at the Phantom Menace, when you look back at it, when you think about the Phantom Menace, you think more highly of it for some reason there's more like positives there there's qui-gon there's maul there's pod racing watching the phantom menace last week was like torture it it literally felt like i cannot watch some of this it felt that poorly made for me attack of the clones i thought the story is actually a bit better in this one do i think the lines are good and the line readings are very good no but I'm following a bit more of the plot. Like you said, Clone Wars help, helps a little bit. There's stuff that's absolutely egregious in here. But there's way less Jar Jar. There's way less stupid shit, in my opinion. Like, it takes, like, to Klein's point, it takes itself seriously. Too seriously, I admit. But I actually was, felt a little more invested in it. And it started with the scroll. The scroll is much better, right? We're kind of off to the races, right? It's been some time. We, we kind of... We need, I, I, I guess in theory, we need for the shitty freaking prequels, we need the like base of the Phantom Menace to kind of understand the taxes and the Federation and now they're the Separatists and there's the Republic. We got it. Cool. Um, now we can kind of move on from that and have more of an understanding and kind of dive into what the story is next. The scroll's great. It's not. I mean, it, it's good. I wouldn't say it's great. It's um, it's much improved though. It's more comprehensive. You have a better idea of what's going on. Um, I think it's interesting in the scroll though, and it's interesting how they say it even in the movie. How there's like, they mentioned there's like not that many Jedi. You know what I mean? Like they almost seem like they're they're low. I'm like, you guys aren't low. 
<laughs> you guys are not <laughs> low on Jedi. Maybe you're low for an entire army, but yeah, you're not like I mean. exactly. But they're not like low on Jedi. They, they make it like, oh, they're so scarce. Like there's that line at the end of the movie where it's like, oh, take whatever Jedi we have around to, you know, go to um, what's the what's the planet? Um, Geonosis. 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 Yeah, and it's like. Whatever, what, what, what Jedi you have lying around? Why aren't there all these Jedi? What, like, what's gone on in the last ten years? They don't really fill in the gap. Am I crazy for that? By the way, am I like nuts for thinking like, did they, did they fill in the gap of like why it seems like there's like, there's fleeting Jedi all of a sudden? Well, I think it's fleeting compared. I mean, everything is relative, right? Like, I think it's fleeting compared to what they once had. Like, it's fleeting compared to what the peak of the Jedi may have been. Interesting. And, and they are also dealing with it literally infinite enemy like they're that's the whole point of the clone wars is it's like they're literally dealing with an enemy that is they can just keep building these things and so sure we sure we might have 130,000 jedi that might be low but the enemy has infinite stupid robots that go roger roger all day long like yeah so it's also just war in general because when you think about it well my guess is i don't know for sure on this but I think up to this point, Jedi, I mean, they're peacekeepers. So they go like solve border conflicts. They went, you know, it was just Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Phantom Menace going to solve like the trade dispute uh, uh, above Naboo. Um, So like they don't do very like large scale stuff. And all of a sudden there's a galactic civil war that involves the entire galaxy. I think that's just when they're like, oh shit. Like we, (laughs) unless we have droids ourselves or maybe some cloners, uh, we have no way of handling all this. But I agree with you, David. The crawl is so much better. Like right when the crawl started, I was like, "Oh, I might like this movie a little bit more than Phantom Menace." I'm shocked. Like wow. I was, it, it really does. And I, yeah, Clone Wars definitely helps assist that a little bit because it is the beginning of the fall, as you mentioned, Klein. But yeah, there's something about this story. Like there's enough mystery in this story that keeps me intrigued. I guess because. And look, I'm a big Count Dooku guy, so I was like, oh, I can't wait to get more of Count Dooku. I don't think we got enough of him in this movie. Like, especially this is like this was everyone's first introduction to that character, and you do not get enough of him and his backstory at all. And then he just it dies. Yeah, and then he just dies at the beginning of the next one. You right. Know? Yeah. And and yeah. I will I will admit, I this was my I've normally not liked Dooku, but in this one I had that feeling of like I just want more of him. It wasn't I didn't like yeah. him. I was getting I was getting more of that interaction. And what was interesting to me, not to like jump to kind of head and we're not really going through the plot by plot, are we? No, let's just yeah. jump around topic to topic. So, like, yeah, because it's kind of like big points in this movie. Mm-hmm. The one that I was kind of interested in was like, so Dooku's just BSing, right? Where he's like, so he's explaining to Obi Wan, hey, 10 years ago, Darth, this Darth Sidious guy, like, tricked Viceroy, right? In all this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, but now the voice is with me. Like, what's what's Dooku's play there? Ooh, I don't really understand ooh. his logic. Oh, ooh, Jack. I have, just... This is like one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars. I can't even lie. <laughs> um, it basically, he is trying to legit seduce Obi-Wan to his side because, and this is one of my favorite things in Star Wars that, again, they don't do a ton with. George didn't do a ton with, but at least it's there. Count Dooku was trained by Yoda. Qui-Gon was trained by Count Dooku. Qui-Gon then trained Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan trained Anakin. That's an insane lineage of like yeah. masters and Padawans. And so I genuinely think Dooku is trying to kind of connect with Obi-Wan in a very weird, seductive, like evil way. But he's like, come to my side. Like we can do this together. Cause the whole point of the Sith, it's the rule of two. 
there can only be a master and apprentice. And then that apprentice is always trying to usurp power from his master. So that's exactly what Dooku's trying to do in this moment. But I just, I love how he uses, because what he said is the truth. Um, I did like a whole Count Dooku deep dive after this movie to like figure out what was going on before the Phantom Menace with him as a character. And then in between the 10 years, it's interesting. I'm not going to dive too much into it. Uh, like I'm pretty sure it's a book and I'd be interested in reading the book, but he uses the truth in a way to manipulate Obi-Wan. If Obi-Wan, I mean, obviously you don't want him to join Dooku's side, but if he had listened to him, cause he brings it up later in the movie, he asked Yoda and Mace Windu. He's like, do you think anything that Dooku said was true? And they're like, no, he was just trying to lie and manipulate as Sith always do. It's like, you right. should have listened to him because he straight, he straight up said that a dark Lord of the Sith was in control of the Senate. Yeah. Like you don't even maybe think for a second, like, Ooh, the chancellor, like maybe chancellor that, that they're like chanting at the galactic meeting or whatever the, the, the what, are they, what do you call those? The, the Senate meetings, I guess. The Senate hearing. Oh yeah. When yeah. they're cheering for him, when Jar Jar oh, Binks, geez. Yeah. He's calling for an army to be created. That gets into that is just so weird to me. I totally forgot about it where they're like, hmm, somebody should nominate him to have like supreme power, to have unlimited power, unlimited power. I wonder who would do that if only Amidala was here, but she <laughs> isn't. Somebody who would want to make a stamp on like on the Senate would definitely do it, right? <laughs> it and Jar Jar's so just stay there going, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and it's then, like, huh. But they set it, up how dumb Jar Jar is. It kind of makes well, sense. Well, they set up I like I totally I get that's the thing about this whole movie, is actually not even this whole movie, this whole prequels, all three of them. I get what George Lucas is trying to do. I mm-hmm. get where he's what he's trying to show us. And with all of these scenes, I get what he's trying to tell us. It's just is done in this really weird, clunky way. And this in this instance instance, it's showing those first seeds of like he's manipulating these people. He is like they are they are definitely playing everyone on board. They are trying to they're trying to wipe the board clean and get basically tie everyone up so that when they go to go, oh no, that's the bad guy. Their their hands are tied. They can't do anything. Right. And so like they're basically trying to like make them fall into their own undoing. Uh, which which I understand. And it on paper looks really cool, but just oh, like, yeah. this is this is <laughs> I have written down to like the Easter eggs as one of these other dumb things. It's like, hey guys, like the Death Stars in this movie. It's oh just like, my it's, gosh. Like, I and I understand. Like it's it's a, just like C3PO in episode one and R2 just happening to be on this ship in our, in episode one, that he's the only droid that survives. And now he's in all these movies. And like, I get it. Like he's trying to like lay these seeds, then they'll come to pass eventually. But like, it just, it, it is very heavy handed. It's like, very. Hey, well, I hope they don't find our yeah. ultimate weapon. Oh yeah. That can't happen. Here <laughs> go. Let me, let me check it out real quick. Oh yeah, right. All yeah, right. so everyone. What does it? it look like? What yeah, does yeah, it look like? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's a circular ball, the Epcot ball. Got it. I will say this is not a shout out to Attack of the Clones because, like, again, I'm trying to put myself in the perspective of only seeing the original trilogy and then seeing Phantom Menace and then going to see this movie in the theater because you don't have all this other outside stuff. You don't have books. You don't have comic books. You don't have shows. Shout out to Star Wars Rebels for kind of making the Geonosis stuff work in the sense of. The Geonosians were the ones that helped build and design and plan or create the Death Star in a sense. Like the idea of it, as we see in this movie. Um, And then what happened to Geonosis and the Geonosians afterward, like the Empire just completely wiping them out so no one finds out about the Death Star. 
I love how Rebels did that. Again, I can't really credit this movie because it was George just trying to throw it Hindsight in there. Hindsight is like, totally 2020. Exactly. Right? Like that's yeah. the thing. You can you can fill in the blanks when you know where the blanks are. Right. But if you don't, it's <laughs> like it, it, like yeah. So I I understand tease. what you're saying, and I think that as we mentioned off the top, like I do think that Clone Wars specifically and Rebels as well like do a fantastic job of justifying these movies and making them feel a lot better made than they actually are. But it is very, very silly watching it now and just going like, this is so like, if I was in a theater watching this, like (laughs) it would be, it would be as if like they did a Marvel prequel and it was just like, all of a sudden, like, Hey, we have this hidden weapon and it's just like the infinity gauntlet. They're just like holding it. They're like, we can't show anyone this. They're like holding it up to the camera. I will. I, I do want to point out. So, and let's, I think we should kind of veer into specifically for this one, which is a part of the first one too. I think we almost didn't like, we didn't segment it like this, but I kind of want to for this one is the acting. The acting oh, in David, this movie. David, I've got some fun for you if we want to talk acting. We're, we're, this is the time, I think. Acting in this movie. I don't think I've ever seen a movie worse act. Like, what's the worst acted, I guess? Like, I will it, say, aside from Ewan McGregor, actually watching Ewan McGregor is great. Is great is. in this movie. And it was crazy. You know what's crazy is the opening with him and Hayden. And I love Hayden, man. I love that how That elevator scene sucks. Dude, everything sucks. <laughs> like everything with Hayden, I love how he came back. I love how we have like kind of turned on him, like like turned in a good way on him. And like he came back, he was excellent in Obi Wan. I loved that Vader scene in the finale. But holy shit, was he re- he was miscasted or miscasted? Well, he, however you want to say. They could have had Leo. I said this when I was watching it this afternoon to my fiance. He delivers every line exactly the same at different volumes there's no acting going on it is just oh, him wow. saying words at the same in the same emotion in the same pitch it's the same but it is very loud if he's angry or it's quiet if he's sad or tormented and it's just like it is That's a great point so Clyde. bad it's so bad and like some of the lines that they have him say are absolutely ridiculous atrocious, as well. like atrocious. early on it's in the movie too. we're talking right after that elevator scene him and Padme, they for, okay. First, they meet each other. Ten years. It's been ten years. This woman that I've thought about every day. The first thing I say to her, she goes, "You've grown, Eddie." And he goes, "You've grown more beautiful." And it's like, whoa, <laughs> again, again, slow down. And then the second Easy, thing pal. that he says to her, in or says about her, or in relation to her, is later she's sleeping. Obi Wan comes in, checks the cameras. Oh no, what does he say? He says she covered the cameras. I don't think she liked me looking. <laughs> It's so bad. Or but I don't then, think no. no, it's I don't think she liked me watching her. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The worst part about that go the worst thing about that though is that Obi-Wan says he goes, What is she thinking? Right after Anakin says that. And it's like, yeah. oh my god, like what is this writing? There, there is something to be said about the writing one and just it's what Klein mentioned. It's the delivery of the lines. There's like nothing there. I think you nailed it with the up and down volume. Like he's he acts the exact same way. There's like, there's no like depth to his acting or his character. And I understand around green screens, but what's crazy about it, and you mentioned it, Obi like U McGregor stands out so much mm-hmm. because he like stays in his he stays. 
um, solid, I guess, the entire time. Like, he doesn't have any lapses. He stays, he's a good actor all the way throughout. I think Samuel Jackson is a shell of himself in these Star Wars movies, man. It's he's, not good. What did you say? I loved when I was listening to the episode last week. What did you say? You said, like, they like they took the fun out of Samuel McGregor or sorry Samuel Jackson. We can't speak to that guy. <laughs> it's been a long yeah. day watching this movie. But yeah, no, I mean I forget exactly what I said, but it was basically that like he they took all like the mother f out of Samuel Jackson basically. Like they just kind of like shrunk him down and took all the fun away, and now he's just like stone cold all the time. And even in this, he's swinging around his purple lightsaber, and it's like okay, like it's cool when he stupidly kills. Uh, Jango Fett, the worst character in Star Wars history, Jango Fett. The most pointless character. Maybe not the worst. The most, like, pointless character. Why was that? Why is that the Boba Fett origin? Why? I was hired by a Tyrannus. It, there is no, like, you want to talk about, so we, Klein mentioned earlier how, oh, it's all this setup, setup, setup. Like, uh, you know, it's very, like, um, hey guys, you, know, you want to know where Boba Fett came from? Like, yeah, it just yeah, yeah, it seems point. very it's like. Just, hey, remember everything from those movies you saw before? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's it's show a, you how all of it, all of it started. I'm stunned in episode three we don't get like uh, a little kid or like a, a teenager. Hey, my name's Han. What's up, man? Or like something like that. Like you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it we do get me. Chewy. We get Chewy. Yeah. We do get Chewy. That's correct. And who knew uh, Yoda? Oh, but I wanted to get back to one thing. So we all know Hayden. We can talk more about that. I want to point out, what's the actor's name? He's been in a lot now. Uh, The Emperor, Palpatine. Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott. I think he's fine. He sucks in these movies. There is something about, I don't know if it's, I think it might be more of the direction for him. Not necessarily him as the direction across the board for I know, but specifically, it's so, like comedically and i would say it's so dumbed down how obvious it is he's emperor palpatine like the way he delivers everything the way he's like he's so he seems so slithery it's like dude this guy is not a good guy like no Hmm. one would be like oh i trust him haha like this he doesn't act there's there's no like um split personality you know what i mean like there's if it was well acted and well written it'd be like oh he would he would act a certain way, you know, he would, he would kind of like smile or like kind of have like a, he would have a, a switch to flip. Right. If you go back to Phantom Menace, when we get those, like, Oh, and my, here comes my apprentice, Darth Maul. Right. Like when he's talking as the emperor, like as Darth Sidious, he talks the exact same way throughout. You know what I mean? Like there's no like True. switch. And then when he flips, like I am the Senate. It's like, you could have seen this coming. You know what I mean? Like it's like the, he's been doing this all the time. Now he's just wrinkly and boily and shooting lightning out of his hands. I don't know. I, David, imagine if this had been taken on by I don't want to say a more capable director, but a more capable director. <laughs> and like imagine if we had watched these movies and all, ultimately we know where they go. We know that Vader ends up being Vader. We know that Anakin ends up being Vader. But the Palpatine character, I think, could have been done so much more, so much more interestingly, where you actually have the audience questioning, like, "Wait, is this the guy? I don't know." You could have a bit more conspiracy in there, where you're like, uh, "I don't know if this is actually the Emperor." I think one of the major things is that, like, he is Chancellor Palpatine. Like, he is like that is his name. Like yeah. that is so. Ultimately, we know who it is. The people in the in the movie don't know because they don't know 
ultimately that he becomes what we do. But it would have been more interesting, maybe even change the name and have him be a senator from Naboo or not even say his name. And then as an audience member with more capable hands, you could at least trail me along a little longer until in that third movie, it's like, oh, wait, oh, my gosh. Or even at the end of this movie, have a little hint of like, wait, I think that's and then it is. Yeah. It, there's no twist. There's no twist to these movies. Like the more but this I've, is supposed to be the ultimate twist, right? Like this is supposed right. to be the ultimate twist. No, but I think what it is, and I had a thought. I had this thought earlier. <laughs> these movies are, they're there because George wanted them to be there, but they weren't executed in the way that we'd all like them to be. Like, like oh, you no. just mentioned. You know what I mean? And that's a stupid thing to say. That's that's a very obvious thing to say. But I mean it in the sense that. The story is now there, right? We can look back into Star Wars canon and know that what happens before episode four, right? At least like in this, in the Anakin story. And that's all well and good. But it's like, to me, it's making me think more and more. We just didn't need this, right? Like, it's like, oh my gosh, we're doing all, like the story they're telling is so roundabout and the whole Clone Wars and everything, like all this whole thing, just to get to that ending in episode three just so poorly executed like looking back at it it's like why was this what they went with right it doesn't seem like beyond because if you think about it beyond the characters we get like vader and obi-wan we don't in re- the one mention of the clone wars and yoda obviously we don't need like for the sake of episodes four five and six we don't need like any of this other information practically and that's not what it should should be but if the movies were good we'd actually care but they aren't really good so we don't care. You know what yeah. I mean? And then it just gets us to a point, right? George gets to that spot, but the journey wasn't wasn't worth it. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't necessarily agree about Palpatine or I, I think that is more so in the writing and the directing than it is his actual acting. I actually I like how he went about portraying the character just just because the whole time the Jedi don't, they don't trust him because they don't trust any politician. Anakin says it in this movie. I don't like any politician except for two or three, but I'm not really sure about one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, so we need to, we need to do a Padme Anakin deep dive pretty soon because we like, will, oh we'll get my there. God. We will get there. Um, but yeah, actually I like how they handled the emperor in these movies because he does kind of let his guard down a little bit more with Anakin. And I actually thought he did a good job in the first movie showing the dichotomy between like uh, Sith Palpatine and then like Senator Palpatine or Chancellor You're Palpatine. Right. The first um, one is better. I agree. Yeah. Phantom Menace. Cause like you see, he's always walking around smiling all the time. This movie, I, I like the progression between the three movies of him just getting more evil and more evil. And I like that. It doesn't matter to him almost because he's, he has so much power he has blinded the Jedi so much, and they didn't trust him from a political perspective. But then they find out he's a Sith, and that's that's for next week. That's for Revenge of the Sith. But um, I will say I agree with you, David, in the sense of this: so much of what is in these movies did not need to be told, and they aren't like essential to tell something new and exciting, yet still relative to the original trilogy. Like, really, all we needed from this whole era or story was the Clone Wars, and I think George just tried to throw throw so much at the wall and everything. He he has all these great ideas, but he doesn't know how to weave them together. But then he just says, "Oh, well, I also have this idea and this one. Let me try to throw that one in there." Oh, here's a curveball. Like it's like, dude, you have three movies, all no more than 
two and a half hours to tell like this one consistent story. And he just, unfortunately it just doesn't work. I think for the three of us doesn't work for a majority of the people. I, I really think if he wanted to tell the story, it should have been the TV show, which is eventually what it became. And that's why that TV show works. Plus you had other creators involved, which absolutely helps. But, uh, I guess getting into it, Klein, since you wanted to deep deep dive into Anakin and Padme, do you want to start? Yeah, us off I was with gonna. This one? Well, I I was gonna mention on like here. I think you mentioned that like this story could have been told. They didn't need to tell aspects of this. Uh, there are things that I actually thoroughly enjoy, especially in this movie. I love the Kamino and stuff. I like yeah uh, Obi Wan going off on this quest. I like the idea of, and this is where we're gonna talk about it the love story. I like the idea of that, that Vader is this tragic character and he mm-hmm. ends up ultimately losing someone. And that is like, he, he is built upon loss and the idea he, is really he good. doesn't just fall mm-hmm. himself. Everything else falls around him. And I like that. It's just, as, as we've mentioned with everything here, the execution of it is terrible. Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen have zero chemistry on screen. Jack shared quotes earlier today that baffled me where they're talking about how sexy each other are and how steamy the kisses were. (laughs) And I was like sitting there going, this is shocking because I would think these people hate each other on screen. They have no chemistry at all. They're just looking at one another. They are very attractive in this, this movie. Padme has some looks, dude. (laughs) There's that my first crush. Yeah, like the I'm fireside look. I like, oh my gosh, my breath fireside look. I, when I was in there watching this, I'm like, dude, you can't blame Anakin here. Like, you can't blame <laughs> him for being like, ah, whatever. And by the way, that before, scene is so is bad, like, though. A bit of a segue into like deep, but the more of the deep dive. What's why is this the plan? Why is just Anakin going with Padme to watch? Everyone knows how much he likes Padme. Yeah, too. that's what's even crazier. And then literally Obi-Wan... the first thing that that Anakin says in this movie is, "I haven't said her. I haven't seen her for ten years. I hope she remembers me." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, and, then, and he and mentions just, two. Uh... He mentions two Obi Wan. I've thought about her every day. Um, I've actually I've sent Jack. If you could open your Twitter DMs for me for a second. Um, David, oh you can just sit. You can no, David. You're not involved. This was just <laughs> oh, a, involved, this is okay. just a DM to Jack. Um, me and Jack are gonna do some role playing, David. Okay, I have oh. sent some dialogue to Jack. Jack, I would like you to play the part of Padme Amidala. Okay, I got you. Okay, oh, doing great. So this is just one of the scenes. This is the most egregious scene. I would say there are some pretty bad. This ones is the fireside like, chat where like Anakin, like basically he's like, yeah, I'm okay with like freaking like fascist leaders but like i'll and then padme is like i'll fall in love with you anyway it's yeah, fine yeah, yeah um but okay so this is the this should be the pinnacle scene of the movie they want to fall in love they don't know if they can and this is what i'm talking about line delivery this i'm gonna read it exactly as anakin says it from the moment i met you all those years ago not a day has gone by when i thought when i haven't thought of you and now that i'm with you again i'm in agony the closer you get to you, the worse it gets. The thought of not being with you. I can't breathe. I'm haunted by the kiss <laughs> that you should have never given me. My heart is beating, hoping that kiss will not become a scar. You are in my very soul, tormenting me. What can I do? I will do anything you ask. If you're suffering as much as me, please tell me. I can't. We can't. It's not possible. Anything is possible, Padme. Listen to me. No, you listen. We live in a real world. Come back to it. You're studying to become a Jedi. I'm, I'm a senator. 
If you follow your thoughts through to, to conclusion, what is this writing? They will take us to a place we cannot go, regardless of the way we feel about each other. Then you do feel something? I will not let you give up your future for me. You're asking me to be rational. That is something that I know I cannot do. Believe me, I wish that I could just wish away my feelings, but I can't. I will not give in to this. Well, you know, it, it wouldn't have to be that way. We can keep it a secret. We'd be living a lie, one that we couldn't keep, even if we wanted to. I couldn't do that. Could you, Anakin? Could you live like that? No, you're right. It would destroy us all. <laughs> Who? Who? Okay, okay. First of all, the delivery of his lines are absolutely insane. He's just like, and he goes full circle. He's like, I love you. I've thought about you every single day for the last 10 years. You've been tormenting my soul. I'm in agony. As an, as an audience member, I should be hanging on every word he's saying there. And I'm going like, man, Natalie, per Natalie Portman's really pretty in this scene. Yeah. And she literally, within two seconds, one, talks him completely out of it. Like, he's just, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then, like, who speaks like this? We both, Jack and I, got hung up on words there. Where it's like, <laughs> no human being says these things and says these words in this order. I don't care if it's some fictional sci-fi universe like if i was an actor delivering these lines i would be thinking i have no idea what this means it's like reading shakespeare yeah and mm -hmm. and i but noticed that specifically with anakin like he doesn't he doesn't talk like a what is he, like 20 year old here like, like a normal person i'm exactly. in agony the closer i get to you the worse it gets the thought of not being with you i can't breathe i'm haunted by the kiss that should have <laughs> but... never that you should have never given me my heart is beating but... hoping that kiss will not become a scar like the way this scene starts by the way let's like let's picture this the camera kind of floats closer to them and they are just sitting on the couch staring at each other like yeah. kind of like rocking back and forth and then they he just starts Talking breathing on this very heavily, I will, I will add. <laughs> yeah, breathing heavily next to a fire. They're both looking good. But then he just starts, like, out of nowhere. Out of absolutely nowhere, he starts on this weird Well, ramble. they have some weird moments in this whole love arc. This kiss that will maybe potentially become a scar, that whole sequence, uh, they're standing. We used to swim out to the island and lay on the beach and dry off. Blah, 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 blah. They talk a little bit maybe about, like, feelings or something like that and then what does he say sand i hate it it's the worst it's coarse it gets everywhere and then kiss immediately after like Makes no other sense. words are said his delivery of that sand line by the way it's not that bad i don't like sand it's coarse it gets it's everywhere. not the delivery of that line that it's bothers me. it is just the line it's, the well, construction of it. and there's that? a record scratch guys when they're kissing in that moment and then they stop, there's a legit, like, almost you could throw oh, in a yeah. record scratch they, they and cut, it just They stops. cut across the stars. Across the stars is playing and it just, like, gets pulled right out. It's... Well, you know, the thing is, too, like, the what I think goes un or what goes forgotten about um, the sand line is that it's it's a maneuver, right? It's a pickup line. He's like, oh, sand, it's of course, I hate it. Not like you. Or, or like everything here, everything's so soft. Yeah. And all <laughs> he this. Starts and touching her arm. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, like you're not like sand, Padme. I he's don't like so sand. Creepy. You're not like sand. Get it? You get it, Padme? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. And then they go on <laughs> and then they go on to get married. Why Padme likes Anakin? 
makes no sense. No he, okay, it, there's no movie, reason she should love him. As I mentioned, they're oh, it's romantic. We're playing out in the field. He falls off that weird round cow space thing. He surfs on it, which is some terrible <laughs> CGI, my dad. Oh, falls down. She saves him, and then he talks about why doesn't have one person have all the power? And she's like, yeah. because that would not work. And he's like, well, it might. And I then like that scene actually. Twenty minutes later. I killed them all. The women and children too. And she first goes from shock to it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. He just murdered a village. And I mean, thanks to Book of Boba and Mando, we care about these sand people now. Like, yes, they killed his mom, which by the way, might be the best scene in the movie of him holding his mom and her dying. I actually, I didn't get teary eyed, but I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. But like two things about it. Number one, he just, killed a whole village he killed children and you're just like it's gonna be okay it's it don't worry about it we're yeah. fine like oh my god but like why would she that should be, love him i think we've talked about it on the show before but that scene in particular to me might be the most cardinal sin in this film is because that should be the pinnacle scene of the trilogy that should be the first like first real crack starting to show that first like oh no he has he has turned like he hasn't turned but he is going down a path that he cannot come back from because we as audience members know that he doesn't come back and so yeah. like that should be that should be the ultimate oh no like this boy this young little Jake Lloyd boy from 10 years ago has broken like his innocence is gone he is no longer the yippee he is no longer the are you an angel yeah the issue with uh so there's a lot of issues with the movie, but the critical <laughs> the critical part of the prequels in general, Star Wars is about at least the first six episodes are about the rise, fall, and redemption of Anakin Skywalker, right? Like that that is the story. And in this, this is supposed to be still a part of that rise. What they do is they show the cracks, right? They they and they they try to show how he can't. I mean, they even get the Imperial March going there. Like he sits down, you. And then you hear when it cuts to Yoda and he goes, something has happened. And he's in pain when he's listening there. You can hear a Vader like breath for some bizarre reason. You hear Qui-Gon saying, Anakin, no. no." Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, so all that being said, my point is they don't show enough of Anakin becoming this great like Jedi Knight in this. It's not – there's not much of a rise, is my point. He's not this, like... This movie doesn't make us love Anakin Skywalker, which is what it should be. Like, the first one, he's a kid. He's pod racing, whatever. This is when the main actor, who's going to be Hayden, or who's going to be Anakin in the next two movies, that when he turns into Vader, and come back in 20 years and do Obi-Wan Kenobi. This should be where we fall in love. We're like, oh, shit, this is Anakin Skywalker. And there should be seeds, not not him going and killing all these Tuscan Raiders and stuff. There should be little seeds planted and little tiny cracks. In this, it's like you are not you are pissed at Obi Wan for no reason all the time. Uh, you love Padme, yet Padme, you talk to her as if like there's no reason why Padme should ever fall in love with you because you're talking about you know how you just killed people. By the way, by the way. Why does Anakin say all that to Padme? It's such a weird scene. It, it's such a yeah. like. It's supposed to be emotional, and you like see the tear falling down his face. It's it's not really like emotional though. He's like, he sh- yeah, I killed he, him. 
He shouldn't have told her. It should have been a scene where she sees that something's wrong with him, but he doesn't confess to it, but then she just knows something's up. And again, that's where you are supposed to start seeing these small cracks in Right. Him. Like, he, she doesn't have to pull it out of him. He just starts Right, saying, he just starts oh, blaring off. Oh, man, I had to kill them all. Like, ah, not just the men. And it's like, wait, wait but why are you saying all this, dude? Like, why? Yeah. He, he's so, like, hard on his sleeve, but in the worst way possible. Mm-hmm. He he he, ne- he. There's no like charisma there for us to be like, oh, he's cool. You don't honestly. I don't think you get much charisma with Anakin until I mean, Sans any Clone War. Like, just speaking like movies here, right? Until the beginning of Episode Three, Same. like in this movie, you get basically none. There's like no reason to like Anakin, which is a huge like flaw. I mean, even yeah. like you could think a, a Luke is a little annoying in A New Hope. You still like Luke. You still like all the main characters, you know, mm-hmm. this like, I don't like Anakin. I, I under, it's very obvious and apparent. He's going to turn basically similar, like to the whole thing where it's obvious and apparent that Palpatine to me is also evil. Yeah. It really sucks for me just because there are so many good ideas. Like I like the idea of him being mad at Obi-Wan because for whatever reason, he feels that Obi-Wan treats him like a father, but like, we don't, we don't see that. We just like, they're just kind of cracking jokes in an elevator. I mean, yeah, he does like give them the business when they're talking about the security for Padme and all that. Yeah. But it, it's more so out of like a, look, we're just following the rules. I don't know. There wasn't enough of their relationship set up in this movie for me to understand their dynamic to a point where I would believe Anakin being upset with that dynamic, I guess is yeah. what I'm trying to say. But also I finally started reading Brotherhood, which takes place right after Attack of the Clones. And nice. there's a it's right after Anakin is knighted. So he's no longer a Padawan. He's a Jedi Knight. And they're about to start the Clone Wars and like go off and do war, I guess. Um, but you're reading it from Obi-Wan's perspective at one point And Obi-Wan is thinking something along the lines of he's like one of the most powerful Jedi that in recent memory. And again, it plays into that the idea that you brought up, David, of a lot of this movie should have been Anakin being a great Jedi, clearly seeing he, he might be a great soldier for the Clone Wars or a good general, a good leader. And then you see small cracks. And I even don't mind them having a big crack like we get in this movie of him killing the Sand People. But I honestly wish they showed it because this is his first break into the dark side. And I honestly think Anakin or Hayden Christensen does play darkness pretty well, even better in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Like, I would have loved to see, like, just a great Anakin throughout this whole movie, some cracks, and then you get a big one, and that's just, like, the start of the fall of Anakin going into episode three. Again, it's just, there's so many good ideas here, and it just sucks. Like, what makes this movie worse is that they, there are good ideas there. They just couldn't put them together in any kind of fashion at all. Yeah, I agree. Um, I... And it's crazy to think, too, that that scene from Obi-Wan is supposed to be before this movie. You know, it's not really. Yeah, because his hand is still there. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Right. True. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that like that, you know, that that them, scene should have been in this movie. Exactly. Like, that's the kind that's where in right hand and like proper hands like, wow, this could have been a really cool relationship. Like, and, you know, it's funny thinking about just movie making in general, like the prequels remind me of why I think, you know, some film pundits or whatever, like hate these kind of movies. Because it's <laughs> yeah. just for flash and gimmicks and sparks and money, really. Because Star Wars fans care, right? We, we're talking about this right now in 2022, and we care about it. 
But the issue, I think, the the greater issue is that they didn't start with like the characters. It's it's start it, it starts with the CGI and the frills and the 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 callbacks to the original trilogy and how many Jedi they're gonna be and how Samuel Jackson has a purple lightsaber and it's all cute and fun. How we're gonna have a million CGI characters and it doesn't start with the characters. It, it doesn't start with the character and the relationships and. That's why they suck. That's why these suck because you don't buy anything. You don't you don't buy that this is real relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin. You don't buy this is real relationship specifically between Anakin and Padme. That makes no sense. Rewatching it like I said this is my best my favorite time watching this movie. Doesn't mean I like it. This I'm like how in the world we are oh, I'm this is the last time I'm talking about this cuz we keep saying it. How does Padme want to be with him besides like just them forced to physically be near each other right now mm-hmm. you would think she would just be like okay like where well, I'm, I'm gonna kind of like ride this out for a little bit and then i'll see you like in the next two <laughs> ten years because he's like nuts he talks like a crazy anakin talks like a crazy person in this movie a literal like psychotic person like he talks like a madman. he talks like a villain that's the thing too i think yeah. and you might be right like i think they might have cast and cast hayden because he does do the dark side better than the light side. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the Anakin part, guys. Not the <laughs> right. Darth Vader part. <laughs> like, we want the light side right now. <laughs> we get the dark at the very end of the last movie. We don't need it right this second. Like, we don't need it. Uh, yeah. it just You're not me. rooting for these characters at all, except Obi-Wan. But, like, like you want to root for Anakin. How? Like, this is supposed yeah. to... Here's... Uh, this is the last thing we'll say about Anakin, because we got to move on. But... I really think these movies, the protagonist, the lead character should have been Obi-Wan Kenobi because the thing about the original trilogy, the main character is Luke Skywalker. But as George has said many times, it is Vader's story. And you clearly see that, especially by the end of Return of the Jedi. They should have done the prequels the exact same way, except Obi-Wan is the main character. And Anakin's still a big secondary character, just like a lot of other characters are in the original trilogy. But you follow Obi-Wan and from you see everything from Obi-Wan's eyes and you just kind of have everything falling apart around him as the movies go on. I just think giving that more of a singular focus, it could have given us a lot more. And then, I mean, yeah, you would have to, in my opinion, they should recast, get maybe get a new director in there, as Klein has said. But um, guys, one thing that stuck out to this movie or stuck out to me during this movie while I was watching, George Lucas has a great eye for design, like an incredible eye for design. And I'm going to let that take us straight to Camino because this is some of the stuff that I loved about this movie. Um, but Klein, I'll go to you first on this. Camino, the clones, Obi-Wan fighting Jango Fett. What do you think about all this? I mean, I think that the, like the Obi-Wan stuff in this movie is my favorite part of the movie. I love the whole, like how we get to Camino. I love this whole, like, it's almost Indiana Jones-esque chase of like, hey, we have this thing and we need to figure out what this thing means and where it's from and why do we have it and so they get the darts they obviously they go to dexter dexter jester dexter dexter jetster dexter jetster okay overrated I, never, underrated. I don't know i think i think he's actually i actually kind of like him in Hell the yeah. sequence we get him i'm glad we don't get more he's in this um, book he, and he's awesome. he doesn't overstay his welcome uh but I really like the Camino stuff. And then once you get to Camino, as you said, 
George's eye for design is crazy. You saw it with Naboo in episode one. You, I mean, you've seen it since the very beginning with like Cloud City and Endor and like the 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 ship designs. Like he knows what l- looks cool, and Camino is n- no exception at all. Uh, I do really actually like the idea of this cloning story. I, it had me asking questions that even this rewatch I hadn't asked before. Like now really trying to rewatch as a 25 year old. Oh my God, I'm old. Um, 25 year old and really trying to like figure out the politics of everything. I still don't really understand. And I'm actually curious. I want to know, maybe there are answers. Maybe Jack, you can help me. I doubt David can, cause he doesn't read the books. The clones, the order yeah. that happens. Sifo-Dyas, then Boba mentions Tyrannus, which is Dooku, right? Yes. Yeah. Tyrannus. So, so did, did was Dooku the one who ordered these? Like, where, why, when were these? These clones were obviously ordered a very long time ago, and I want to know why and when they happened, by mm-hmm. whom. So and I don't know if there's an answer. There is an answer, and I think it's canon. Um, God, I looked this up while I was watching the movie, but of course I did that two days ago. So it's kind of escaping me, but basically, so Count Dooku was a Jedi and he was kind of tight with this sifo dude. Um, they're both Jedi, but they were kind of, again, I, if, if I'm wrong, someone tweeted out, you know, tell us about all this. They were like fringe Jedi? They were, they were both kind of starting to, uh, oh, what's the word? What is the word? They were starting to kind of see the flaws of the Jedi. Let's put it like that. They were kind of seeing like they were really wrapped up in politics. That's part of the reason why Dooku left is because like the, there is you guys are losing your way. Um, and Sifo-Dyas, I believe he was maybe like seduced by Dooku to order this creation of an army. So he went out. Sifo-Dyas went out on his own, cre- ordered this creation of the clone army. He's the one who erased Kamino from the Jedi archives. So like they would never even think to look or like be drawn so he ordered it and then Kamino. so he, he ordered it he and ordered then had no intention case. of them ever oh just in no case. no just in case because i i guess him and dooku and some other jedi were starting to suspect that there was going to be a war that was going to happen because of the jedi losing their way because of the republic there was tensions all this stuff so he created it for the republic as like a fail safe just in case that they would need it just in case war broke out um and then eventually after dooku left the jedi order Palpatine found him, kind of seduced him to the dark side. At this point, I think Palpatine still had Maul as an apprentice. I don't know. It's very confusing. They don't do a good job of explaining. It's a great mystery in this movie that's never really answered, as you mentioned, Klein. They get into a little bit of it in Clone Wars. Um, But basically, Dooku seduced Sifo-Dyas to do all these things, and then he basically betrayed him, even though they were friends when they were Jedi. He betrayed him, and he was... Or, Dooku ordered his death, his, you know, and they made it look like it was just like, a, you know, he died doing a Jedi thing and whatnot. It's very convoluted. But again, the mystery kept me interested in the movie. I guess, Klein, that's what you were yeah. kind of getting at. Well, I, that's, I think it's honestly one of the only interesting question, new questions that George poses in the prequels. Instead mm-hmm. of answering old ones, and he does bring up a lot of new questions like midichlorians and that sort of thing. Like this is one of the most interesting parts um, of the prequels to me. And to me watching this time, I'm thinking, did Palpatine have anything to do with this? Was this all part of the plan? Was, was he actually orchestrating from the very beginning that, Hey, we want 
this conflict to happen. We want to force, we want to have this human army that we can flip a switch whenever, because yeah. obviously there is a switch built in. Yeah, so that that is what eventually happens real quick, David. So Siphodius is ordered to be killed by Dooku and they stage it to make it look like something else. And then Dooku and Palpatine are like, hey, we can maybe use this army that he created for the Republic. And then they go in, they start you know, doing stuff and having like, you know, dealings with the Kamino, Kaminoans, I guess. Um, Kaminoans. And Kaminoans, thank you. And they realize that um, Sifidius requested a chip be put in the clones' brains just in case anything happened. They could like kind of override the clones and just control them or just in case Jedi did turn bad that the clones could be used to then order to be killed the Jedi or whatever. And Palpatine... Dooku were like, ooh, we could maybe use that. And so they went in and like retooled it to become Order 66, essentially. So do yeah, the, I didn't I didn't do a good job explaining that. Sorry, Thomas, but David, go ahead. I was just gonna say, is that the um, the Empire's spin on things? The Jedi are bad? Like is that's the propaganda. I mean? Yeah. That is the propaganda? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to just like think about that for a second. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the clones just kind of turn randomly and the, the Jedi just kind of die <laughs> and people just follow the empire. Now it's like, do, do people like buy it? Is there like, some, do they pump the propaganda out? Is it like Jedi are terrible people or are they definitely propaganda? Oh, Hey, we hate Jedi. Totally different scenario. But like, I mean, the Jedi also have their own issues, but like, yeah, the Western world turned against Russia during the cold war, like the, and I guess there mm-hmm. were things there to, to, I guess, I don't want to get into geopolitical politics on the show, <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like if, yeah, yeah. if big brother is telling you that these are bad people, 90% of people are going to go, Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Right on. The propaganda that's, that's definitely was like the Jedi are evil. They tried to like kill, the, you know, cause he, he mentions in revenge of the Sith, like the, the attack on my le- life has left me scarred. That's what he tells right. the Senate. So it's all like manipulation of the Jedi. Tr- and, Again, I guess it can make sense because, especially from Anakin's perspective, the Jedi were becoming really involved in political affairs. So that's kind of what they fed the public. One thing I do have to say is that I think the I think how they how the Jedi Order is set up and just how like Jedi are used in society, I think is completely not how it should be. Like they're these like it is weird. They're these, like, guardians mm. and stuff. Like, dude, these are your best freaking soldiers. Like, these guys have powers. They're shooting stuff. They're holding things. Like, they have lightsabers. And they're not, like, used as, well, I guess in the Clone Wars they are more, which I think makes that, like, more enjoyable how they really, like, and you see it even at the beginning of Episode 3. Right. Like, in, in they're in the ships. They're flying around. They're fighting alongside the clones. But, like, in this case... Like, dude, what the hell is the point? They just go off these little missions and do these little things. They're almost like the UN. Like, it's like yeah, you have like, like these governing <laughs> bodies being the Senate above them, but they are kind of just like, yeah, we'll sit around and talk diplomacy. And okay, um, uh, Anakin, you and Padme, like, you go off. You're gonna take care of this princess. And yeah, I, I don't it, it, like, get it. It is. It does seem a little weird. When where they should be the one. I mean. They should be the ones calling the shots. I mean, I guess this is the plot of Captain America: Civil War. Uh, like, if if <laughs> the, uh, if the, the other side if the other side wins in that movie, like this is what you get. Well, the thing is, too, I, I think it's also like, okay, hey, we're just sitting around in our little chairs, and Yoda and you know Samuel Jackson are talking and all this. 
they should be actively trying to figure out what the hell's going on. That like, is a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they just kind of in the entire trilogy, that's an issue too. They just let shit happen to them. Right. We just let things happen. We let the separatists do all this. We let them do all that. Like, and I see too much sitting, too much reaction. They're not like just scratching their chin. Like they get information. Like, hmm, Obi-Wan at the end of this movie. Obi-Wan at the end of this movie shows up and he's like, Dooku told me that a Sith is in charge, yeah. like, is pulling the strings. Yeah. And they all just kind of go, hmm. They just let hmm, it happen. Yeah. Well, same thing <laughs> like, with Sifo-Dyas. When, when Obi-Wan's telling them about the sifo stuff and that he, you know, did the did the Jedi Order ever gave permission to create a clone army? Like, no, whoever gave that order, like, went against us. But they do nothing so we'll, to try to with, solve it. So they end up using the question, clones. It yeah, makes no without sense. Without question, we'll just use these clones. Oh, these clones are made? Yeah. They were, I guess, made by a Jedi. We'll use them. Sure. It, we don't think so lucky that they even existed. They downfall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, oh, yeah. Yoda rolls up and all these things. Like, oh, hey, here's my, here's my buddies. My it pal, would be like clones. tomorrow if someone walked into the White House and said, hey, guys, like, I have this. I found this nuke. I don't know where it came from, but I have it. Like, do you want it? Hey, hey guys, here's uh, here's five, here's half a million uh Iron Man suits. Go nuts or, or like Ultron bots. Actually, don't know where they Just came go from. For it. Yeah. No, no here's the thing though. They, they have ideas of where they came from. They they came from this kind of like guy who used to serve in the U.S. Senate, and then he kind of went rogue. But you know, he created them. So like, let's just go ahead and use them. It makes no yeah. sense. He was a good guy at one point. Yeah, right. It, it's it's just nuts. Like when you really break it down, because and what it is, it's spreading it. It's like pulling it out. It and the thing is too. Back to episode one, we're seeing the emperor play chess against himself. Like it's so freaking. This conflict is so pointless. When you really, to me, it seems so pointless. Why are why are the separatists and the republic fighting for this whole war? Ooh. Wow. Well, okay. Oh, okay. because well, we he... have one guy pulling the strings over here, <laughs> and then we got but the same yeah, guy leading the other, the, yeah, yeah. the other side. Yeah, It that part drives me nuts. It's like we are just stretching out this story. I need a clone army to literally fight my other clone army. <laughs> and here's the Clone Wars. Luke Skywalker's talking about. Woo! Right. I, again, like watching just this movie and this movie alone, no shows, no anything. You're completely right, David. But like outside of it. And like there being an act like separatists, what this what the prequels do so poorly is just show the separatists as Palpatine pulling the strings, Dooku, Maul who dies in Phantom Menace, and then this droid army, and like that's it. And, and, and also like these, these, these kind of like governing trade, people. yeah, these governing people like trade federation stuff who are just in it for like money and power. They don't do a good job showing that there were actual systems, and we see this in Clone Wars, of course, not in actual movies. Um, there are actual people and planets and systems who wanted to leave the Republic for legitimate reasons because right, it was exactly. corrupt because of this, because they were being forgotten. And it, again, it's done so well in Clone Wars and like Ahsoka seeing that other point of view and Padme knowing some of the separatists. It's all so interesting. You get none of that in this movie and it, it doesn't make this whole war that they set up work at all. Oh. And that's right. And like the movie, these the story would be so much better, like like it is in Clone Wars, where like there were some real problems. There, there's a reason why they're choosing this side. You could see both sides. You could see the separatist side. You could see the Republic side. And these, once again, made for kids. They're the bad guys, everyone. The separatists are bad. Look at Dooku's red lightsaber. 
back. I like the guy, the tech, what are the, the techno clan? I like the him. techno union. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then, and then his voice breaks for a second and he's got to like twist the knob to fix it. Yeah. I like that guy. <laughs> I, I Again, will say, I did, I did not mind. One thing I thought was surprising, the Clone Wars CGI. I think they look good. I think the Clone Wars look good. I'm not going to lie. I think they look pretty good. I thought they were pretty, yeah, I mean, for 2002 there, it gets bad in Revenge of the Sith. We'll get into that next week, I guess, but it, it was actually pretty like When they first rolled up, I'm here. like, Yoda looks terrible, but, like, the Clone Wars look kind of cool. At yeah. least that's what I thought. I, I don't know. I will say any explosion in this movie looks awful. It looks so <laughs> bad. What is with the explosion in this movie? Even the, the, I don't opening, know why. the opening The opening scene. explosion is terrible. <clears throat> so like, I'm going to, what? I'm going to be the quarterback here, and we're going to flow into this nicely. Guys, let's start talking about the Geonosis battle, the start of the Clone Wars. One thing I loved about this was seeing the droids go against the Jedi and the clones because I'm like, oh, this is like a Clone Wars episode. I love it. But I guess, uh, I don't know, Klein, was it you who kind of put in the notes here, the factory and Coliseum stuff? Uh, well, the factory is its yeah. own thing. Which the is factory just... is its own <clears throat> thing. We can, we can touch on it very briefly. The factory, I think, might be the worst sequence in Star Wars history. In Star Wars period. I, yeah. I skipped the scene. I skipped the scene. I don't. Oh, it. really? You didn't want to see? You didn't want to see CG C three PO get his head knocked off and then go? I'm beside myself. I, I couldn't. There this was no this, purpose. I, I couldn't handle it. I'm like, and then I and I'm sitting there on you know Disney Plus ten seconds skipping. I'm like, this takes this long to get through it. <laughs> I, I mean, I I I'll be honest. I legitimately was like, I cannot sit here and watch this. It, that it is prequels it, so are the only movies some, with those moments. These two specifically. There yeah. are some bad moments in the prequels where it is. I just wish that they would have used some sort of practical set, but like something. It, and this is the like number one case because you can, they are just moving all over and you can tell that they are just moving over these blue boxes on a blue yeah. soundstage and have no idea what's going on. The way that Padme's body like moves around these like falling hammer things is it, it's terrible. It's I, I can't. So well, let's just get to the Coliseum. Well, yeah, cause I, was about, I was about to say real quick, uh, you then you have C-3PO, C-3PO acting as like a droid, like malfunctioning during this epic did battle. I dogs? Oh, what did I say? Oh, yeah. Oh my god! Like it's so. <laughs> I kind of love that part. It's so stupid. It's, I love but C3, again. Yeah, I love C-3PO though. I, I he's like, screw R2D, screw R2D2, C-3PO. That's my guy. Wow. I will I say though, like movies, a, I think I that's a hot C3. take. It is the a hot take. I it love is a hot C3PO. take. The Die Jedi Dogs was where I was like, it's so bad that I'm laughing. Like, like everyone just laughed right now. Like, we all, like, sat back, like, oh, my belly laughed. That, like, that's where in this movie it's so bad. But I'm having, yeah. like, a good time watching it. David, I you will... skipped the factory, so you don't really count. But... I will say that, like, okay. similar line that readings was... yeah. or similar lines that are meant to play for humor that I actually think kind of work are at the beginning of the Coliseum scene when – Anakin and Padme roll out across the stars is playing like, oh my God, I can't believe we haven't mentioned across the stars so far. John Williams deserved Great better theme. movies. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, but I love the, the, um, the little back and forth between Anakin and Obi-Wan. I love when Padme gets herself out of the handcuffs and Anakin goes, what about Padme? Obi-Wan goes, She's on top Jeez. of things. <laughs> <laughs> or I, I, I love when they come out and the first thing they say is Anakin looks, he goes, hello, master. And Obi-Wan's like, ah, see, so you got my message. He goes, I did. I retransmitted it. 
Uh, and then we came to rescue you. And he said, ah, well, what's he say? He says like, he looks at the chain and goes, good he, job. He goes, yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good or job. like, that's going well or something like that. And it's, I think that those actually play, I think Ewan nails those readings and I yeah. enjoy, I mean, the little five-year-old inside me enjoys this Coliseum stuff. I love these monster yeah. designs that they bring out. I love seeing because the we don't get to cool. see a lot of it. Uh, I love seeing like a massive Jedi going at something because yeah. we don't get to see that. The Jedi fall almost immediately after this movie. So um, the very I do sexy enjoy this gift Coliseum made from scene. this. Yes. yes. Very. <laughs> that and little the, Padme the, kiss. It's so quick in the movie. But yeah. uh, but yeah, that gift slowed it down. Yeah. And I will say, like, on Klein's point with like seeing a bunch of Jedi, to me, I'm like, damn. The Jedi should be more powerful than this. I feel like a, a massive Jedi like that. I mean, there's a lot of these like monsters and like droids and stuff going around, but it's like, come on, dude. So someone just like you, you just see in like, say, Obi-Wan, the show, like what Vader can do in moments. It's like, oh my True. gosh. Like somebody just like force grab a bunch of this stuff and move it out of the way. I do like one, one thing in like the Coliseum and in general, I do like seeing um, where, Hayden, Hayden, we said is you know he does a decent job when it comes to the um, the dark side of things. I think also Hayden, you can tell, put a lot of time and effort into the choreography using the lightsaber. For sure. I think he when I was a kid, I'm like, I always thought he was just such a badass. Yeah, he just looked he tried so, to be him. so cool swinging his lightsaber around. And then in, later in the movie, we get him with both lightsabers. And then he and then the 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 fight becomes. A bunch of bs and he goes out like a bitch but anyway <laughs> that he does it's a, it, it's a bad it's a bad choreographed scene too all of a sudden we see swinging lights around their faces oh one, yeah. one two move do, do, sh- pushes back and it's like what just happened to the elegant dance i was just seeing in this sweet <laughs> fight and like all of a sudden it's just like do do and he's gone oh, because so, he had to have symmetry with his son, David. He had so, it had to be just like Luke uh, losing his arm in the second movie. <laughs> let's start with the, let's go to the lightsaber fights then, because there's two. There's Anakin and Obi Wan versus Count Dooku, and then there's Yoda versus Count Dooku. Oh, don't get me started on we'll, Yoda. We'll we'll save that for the next part. I want to say real quick with Obi Wan and Anakin versus Dooku. This is my least favorite lightsaber fight in the movies. This is so bad. Like, uh, the Obi-Wan Dooku stuff isn't all that bad. And I love Dooku's, like, fa- Christopher Lee's faces that he makes as he's fighting. He's like, ah, you think you got me? Uh, not so not so much. Um, but then Anakin takes over. He has the two lightsabers. And they cut, like, the lights out. And we just see weird shots of their faces. Not, yeah. like, like completely effort, like effortlessly. Just swinging these lightsabers, kind of clashing. We don't actually, like, there's no, like you said, Dave, there's no elegance to it. There's no like actual lightsaber choreography fighting here. It's just weird. Like I'm doing this now. I'm like in weird shots yeah. and weird editing. It, oh, I this I almost skipped this part because I was like, I am bored out of my mind. Dooku shooting electricity though was cool. I, mean, I was gonna say that that's cool. I like how like Anakin once again he rushes in, gets pushed to the side, True. and you know Obi Wan's like like they're talking and moving and stuff. It's it's not. I'd have to really think about like my, my least favorite lightsaber scene. I don't think it's this one though. I actually didn't find myself like hating it while I was watching. I, I hated the part I mean, like, where. But what other Hayden one in these out, next but... movies are going to be worse, David? Like, I like Duel the Face more, and 
pretty much all the lightsaber fights in Revenge of the Sith. I what like. about? I don't. I'm not don't a big like, fan um, of the first Maul fight. Oh, I yeah, don't that really was, count that. Was that so quick, much. though. Yeah, I don't like. Um, one I don't like is, uh, and I don't know if it's a hot take or not. I don't like Yoda versus uh the Palpatine Emperor at the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is a hot take, and we'll get to it next week. <laughs> At least a hot take. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's too bad we're an audio podcast. <laughs> Just ah! God, I am a... the Senate, and it's like, and, uh, ooh, that one's is... not great. And that one just, dude, just Sidious in general in episode three trying to actually be like a Sith, like with his lightsaber. <laughs> oh, I love that it. That shit sucks. I, I love hate it. that. Like, oh, I can't wait for that. It concept. shouldn't be like that. It's, sh- ah, yeah, we'll save it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, But I guess, Klein, you, it looked like you had some thoughts. Yoda versus Dooku. Okay. Take us there. This is nothing to do with the fight itself. I enjoy the fight that they're fighting. When they're fighting, I like seeing Yoda flipping around and that, like stuff like that. I will say, I wish we never saw it. I wish we never saw Yoda draw a lightsaber. Sure, they can battle with mm. the Force here. I just think that I, th- this whole prequel trilogy to me is George giving answers where they weren't there weren't questions or there weren't questions that needed answering like what the force was and why someone had the force to me that mystery was right. special and to me the mystery of yoda they keep even in this movie talking about i want to be more powerful than even yoda like i don't need to see that just i can tell yoda's old he walks around with a cane if i never see him fight that to me he is still the most powerful jedi i don't need to see him flipping around doing like like and it is a cool fight once it happens i just wish that even here they could have stopped they could have just cut the rest of it out. They could have just stopped with with them doing the little force battle. I like that because that's just a tease of like he catches the lightning. We hadn't seen that lightning in the previous. <laughs> oh, that was like, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so that was that was. Awesome. That's my complaint. Is I like I wish we never saw Yoda in combat, like with a lightsaber right. out. Yeah, yeah. That's, I get that. That's, that's a common one. I, I would. I I would agree, especially because like I mentioned, I I don't like the Sidious fight in the next episode. It just seems very like, hey, this is gonna sell some some lightsabers. You know, this will sell exactly. Toys. Let's give Yoda his own lightsaber. Right. I don't mind it, but I have two thoughts on it. One, I wish maybe they had saved it for that Yoda versus Palpatine fight in Revenge of the Sith because it's like everything has like been destroyed. The Jedi are dead. Order sixty six happened. The the galaxy's in complete disarray, and finally Yoda like has to like pull out right. his lightsaber and do this. That would have been maybe a, like a more epic moment to do it at. Also, or I should say, or what they could have done in this movie, if again, if this was well made, well written, well directed. Like I said earlier, Dooku was Yoda's Padawan. Like you could have built up an emotional fight here that would have played a lot better than just seeing like really cool Yoda's jumping around flipping. Oh my God, Yoda has a lightsaber. This is amazing. What? Like it could have actually been emotional and, or like maybe not emotional, but like impactful. Cause they say like my old Padawan, but like, you don't feel that you just hear yeah. Yoda say it. So yeah, I, 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 I'm not surprised by that opinion, Klein. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that's a common complaint that just, these three movies are just answers for answers' sake, and yeah. I didn't I didn't need to see it, but we ultimately saw it. And there's nothing we can do about it now. True. Yeah. 
Well, well, guys, uh, we've kind of come to the end of our conversation. Do we have any more like comments? Any any more things you wanted to bring up? Do we want to bring up the wedding that happens at the end of this? Uh, you know, C3 I'm glad R2 is there. they're there witnessing it. So random. Yeah. They're the officiants. They're the most. They're one of the most forced things in the in the prequels. Like they didn't. Oh yeah. The droids did not have to be. I didn't get to mention it last week, but I I every time I always forget how R2 is introduced, and every time I'm like, wait, really? Like, yeah. Like, I was taking notes during that scene in the Phantom Menace, and I completely like missed it. Like all of a sudden, they're awarding R2 D2 for his like bravery. I'm like, wait, what? Oh yeah, that's right. He was like on this ship. So strange. But anyway, guys. As we said last week, we'll be ranking the films as we rewatch them week by week, which basically means we're going to be building our rankings from the ground up. Last week, we gave a quick recap of everyone's rankings before the rewatch started. So, Klein, do you have your Star Wars rankings on hand? The I The rankings do. that were pre-rewatch. I pre-rewatch do. And started? having started this rewatch, I actually, like, I, I already am, I think, going to make changes. Oh. Um including a movie that I don't think we're watching on this rewatch. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, my my rankings were going from bottom up, 11, episode two, Attack of the Clones, 10, Solo, A Star Wars Story, 9, Phantom Menace, 8, Revenge of the Sith, 7, Rise of Skywalker, 6, Force Awakens, 5, Star Wars, A New Hope, 4, Last Jedi, Three Return of the Jedi, two Rogue One, and one Empire Strikes Back. Nice. Yep. I dig it. All right. Well, you rebel scum. How do you rank these two movies in particular after the rewatch? David, we'll start with you since Klein just listed his whole rankings. Yeah. I'm. I, I look. It's time of change, man. <laughs> things things are happening. Things are shifting. I have officially I changed my letterbox. This is now my. Second least favorite Star Wars movie. I officially have Phantom Menace as the bottom of the barrel. That movie, I last week I couldn't, I could barely get through the rewatch. Today, I, I got through it fine. I didn't really enjoy it. I just picked it apart. Um, but there was actually a good bit where I'm like, I just followed the story a bit more. I was a little more invested. I thought that it was a bit more enjoyable, even though we just kind of just went through everything that's so terrible about it. There was something there. There was a little bit more there to me, especially I think leading into episode three, which is easily my favorite prequel. Um, I'm curious going the next week and beyond if episode three is going to drop because right now it's pretty high for me. I have it like number five and that might be because once again, like this rose tinted glasses, like what I think about when I think about the movie, like that's how it was for Phantom Menace. When I think about it, I think about pod racing, all this, to me, Attack of the Clones is a bit more enjoyable of a watch. Sit down and actually sit down and watch it. Um, so currently, my rankings would be one, Attack of the Clones, two, Phantom Menace. Nice. Klein, I think we know where you stand on this. I don't think anything's changed, but just clarify for us. Has anything yeah, changed in uh, your rankings? I will be keeping it the same. Uh, Attack of the Clones, right. to me, I actually might say is a better made movie than Phantom Menace. Um, but I get more enjoyment out of how bad a uh, Phantom Menace is mm. compared to Attack of the Clones. So what if I'm I told put you, Fan- Klein? Sorry, what? I, was, Tell I me. can't resist. Tell me, say it. I mean, someone else that's not here gets so much enjoyment out of Phantom Menace. It's even better than Return of the Jedi, possibly I the best whack. Star Wars story. And I movie cannot. In general. Okay. 
I can't wait for four weeks from now or whenever it is when we get to Return of the Jedi and I get to hear Thomas Carter Rochester say into the microphone, <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. Because he's he's wrong. Uh, but yeah, I'm keeping mine uh, exactly the same. And I'm fascinated for episode three because I watched this movie like four weeks ago. So I'm going to watch right. it again. Um, I watched it leading into Obi-Wan Kenobi. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, I'm excited to watch it again. It is very fresh in my mind. And yeah. 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 So yeah, I think Jack? I'm keeping it the same. Yeah. I rewatched uh, episode three, four weeks ago or however many weeks ago it was before Obi-Wan as well. And um, it, it, because of that rewatch, it dropped in my rankings. So we'll see. Same here. How, yeah. We'll see how next week turns out. I hope, Oh, I don't know. I don't have hope for it. But I was about to say, I hope that maybe these two movies lead into it better and that maybe like I'll feel a little bit more emotion than I did last time. But it probably won't happen. Right. Sadly. I mean, like, yeah, it's funny because you guys just watched. I did not rewatch it before. Everyone. Now I'm happy I did because we're doing the rewatch. But from my perspective, it's like, man, I, I kind of love Return of the or Revenge of the Sith. Like I am. I'm excited. I'm excited for next week. For, well, for me, for me, next week, that like, kind of starts actually like good movies, you know? Yeah, I will say – so I'll say this because I don't know if I'll be here next week because uh, I'm moving in on Friday next week. Um, I will say this about Revenge of the Sith. I think it is an okay movie, like an average film, whatever – like whatever like just like the median is. It's like it's not good. It's not bad. It's just there. But I think it's a really good Star Wars movie. That's all I will say. Gotcha. Yep. And if I it's hopefully the best I, of the prequels, that is as far as I will go. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, going back to this rewatch, these two movies. Yeah. Uh, going into this, I had uh, attack of the clones at the bottom and then Phantom Menace right above it. And just like David, I'm switching things up. I, David, I think you and I might share like the very similar fear feelings throughout this rewatch. Yeah. I, I just have an inkling, um, but I, I'm switching it up as well. I'm putting, the Phantom Menace at the bottom for now, like I, this last time around, it was just so, so awful. Um, and I mean, like Attack of the Clones was a much better, but I, I did get a little bit more enjoyment out of it. I, As much as we ragged on Hayden Christensen, as many people have, I do love the guy. Like there, I, I can picture myself looking in the mirror, like when I was like six, seven years old, trying to look like Hayden, like make the same facial expressions, which thank God I didn't master it uh, because you don't, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to try to pick up chicks looking like Anakin in this movie. Um, but yeah, it, it's still, this movie weirdly has more nostalgia for me than the Phantom Menace. I think it might be cause I missed out like on your generation Klein or Matt Remke's generation, uh, Thomas generation. I kind of missed out on that nostalgia for, uh, episode one, but ladies and gentlemen, we want to hear what you think about episode two, attack of the clones beyond saying whether or not you think it's better than the Phantom Menace. Oh wait, speaking of that guys, we put out a poll on our reckless rebellion, um, Twitter today, Twitter account. Oh yeah. Let's uh, check that out. Yeah, so the, <laughs> I need to, I I need to officially vote actually, and I, I, I didn't vote because I wasn't sure where I was going to be leading. Well, you should, David. Um, I definitely know Thomas posted this tweet uh, because it was made at five forty-two a.m. Uh, I, oh, I guess Eastern time. Um, we put out a poll on Twitter saying, "Which Star Wars film do you rank higher, Attack of the Clones versus the Phantom Menace?" We had thirty-six votes. And, Thirty-seven now, Jack. Oh, I will hit refresh. Let's see what happens. It's refreshing. It still says 36, so it didn't take your vote into account, David. Okay, well, <laughs> screw me, well, then. Well, well David, if you, if you have it up, then you have the updated version. Go oh, ahead yeah. and tell us what the results are. 
Okay, so the results are after 37 votes, uh, even though there's, there's still one day and eight hours left. So, hey, <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're listening right now, go, go see if you can uh, add your vote in. We'll, we'll see you next time. Um, the Phantom Menace is at 59% of the vote, and Attack of the Clones is at 41 So, actually, pretty – I'm not sure what the math is on that, but it's it's kind of e- – it's more equal than I thought it would be. Same, Everyone yeah. hates Attack of the Clones. Um, yeah. So – yeah, 59 to 41, and I am one of those 41%. Nice. I also put a poll out uh, of this tweet on my Instagram story, and then I made my own poll because the polls don't transfer across Twitter to Instagram. So I had to make a new one. And just to see like how some people I know like responded to it. Right. And I think it was – I forget the, the exact numbers, but I know a majority of people, a slight majority, I think it was around like 60 to 40, uh, maybe like 58 to 40 something uh chose attack of the clones over phantom menace oh so um a little couple more votes there for attack of the clones a little more Mm. credit um but yeah guys hit us up on twitter though don't just tell us don't just answer the poll don't just tell us whether you think or whether you like attack of the clones more or if you like phantom menace more uh give us the reasons just as we did for an hour and 30 minutes god i'm sorry thomas uh, do you think it's as good as the sound of a seismic charge, or do you think it's as bad as falling into a nest of gung darks? Oh, that's a real word. Uh, be sure to let us know on Twitter at Reckless Rebels. Thomas Carter Rochester back here with some fun little Attack of the Clones tidbits. Now this is Anakin Skywalker. In the opening shot of all the Jedi in Palpatine's office, we see Barriss Afi making her first and only live-action appearance important to note she's very tall in this in this movie uh so intriguing how tall ahsoka might be around this same time despite being three to four years difference in age the jedi are blind to dooku and believe him to be good further proving our points last week that the jedi are blind suck it david and uh we love you matt Kenobi smiling at Anakin's feelings for Padme brings warm feelings to my heart because it's him being a brother and his way of trying to calm Anakin down beforehand, talking about falling into that bit, that pit of gun darks, and Anakin just, no, I saved you. He goes, oh, yes. <laughs> Such a brother thing to do. Shout out Brotherhood. Read that book. Shout out Jack. He's like three chapters in. My fucking guy. Obi-Wan's beard is butthole. That is enough said about that. Seriously, I hate fake beards. It's terrible. Queen's Hope allows us to feel the pain of Corday's death in the very beginning of this film, and they dive into the the breadth of that pain going forward. And it's also a catalyst for getting Sabe back on the team and getting essentially pushed away by Palpatine. This movie is the final push in Palpatine's plans to get Anakin over the edge, the only way he can handle getting rid of Padme is to have Padme completely free of anybody else in her her circle. Anakin is the only reason that can happen. It's the only way, and Palpatine knows that. So Palpatine puts Anakin and Padme together at the very beginning of this film through an old friend, perhaps Obi-Wan Kenobi. And... The way it all just builds from there, knowing that Anakin is in love with Padme, knowing that they can fall in love together because they are so close in personality and that they've met decade ago, works beautifully. It's painful. Fuck you, Palpatine. 
Um, why is Windu supporting Anakin in the very beginning of this film with Kenobi? That seems out of character for Thomas. Whatever. Fuck Lama Sue. He's a piece of crap. I can't wait for him to die in the Bad Batch. Shout out Bad Batch. I totally forget that Anakin and Padme's first kiss is just 45 minutes into this film. And uh, it actually makes sense up to this point. The way that he's willing to argue with her, but also back down when necessary because he knows he's wrong. It's a total thing that Padme loves about Anakin. Because she sees that little boy on Tatooine. Speaking of Tatooine, when Watto says he sold Shmi Skywalker years ago, Padme was actually looking for Shmi Skywalker. And it's very, very intriguing the look we get on Padme's face here. Uh, the books were not written at this time, but the look on her face very much says, Oh, fuck, that explains it all. Which you can learn more about by reading Queen's Shadow and Queen's Hope. You're fucking welcome. I'm going to continuously plug these books because no one can stop me. <laughs> the way uh, Padme books and Brotherhood surround this story genuinely make this movie so much better and it's important to note from Shatterpoint that the Clone Wars could have been entirely avoided if Mace Windu walked out and just killed Count Dooku. He visioned it, he saw the Shatterpoint, and he knew but he could not get over his pacifist slash friendship and love for Count Dooku as he says earlier in this movie. It's not in his character. Well that's fucking wrong Windu and now you've doomed the galaxy entirely. Also, Kiati Moody still sucks. Before we hop on over to the Rebel Report, let's listen to this brief ad. Hi, I'm Leah. And I'm Bethann. And we're She Will Rock You. She Will Rock You is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history. Each episode, we talk about an artist and their lives, but we do it a little differently. You see, we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts, so we wanted to fix it. And here we are, two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to. As a bonus, you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, don't, don't do drugs! Are you looking to jazz up your wardrobe? Well, you totally can with our partner, theradbear.com. They are the number one nerd brand on the internet. All sorts of fantastic collections from Power Rangers. I see some ACDC stuff in here. All sorts of fantastic looks for you to add to your closet today. Looking for a Voltron t-shirt? A Gundam t-shirt? Today is the day to click buy. Head on over. That's theradbear.com. And when you're there, use Rebels77 in uh, at checkout for 10% off. That is Rebels77 for 10% off. Thomas just pulled up a Star Wars Tusken Raiders t-shirt. It looks like an Oakland Raiders t-shirt, and it is hella cool. Right, Thomas? <laughs> exactly. That is Tusken for I love theradbear.com. So head on over to theradbear.com. Use Rebel 77 at checkout. And now it's time for the Rebel Report. News, 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 news. And Jack, you've been talking a lot today, so I will, I will grab the reins from you, pass the ball like Trevor Lawrence. I'm running, I'm running down the field. Trevor Lawrence has thrown five interceptions. Got it. 
<laughs> so all of this coming from the direct.com first story from our friend Nathan Johnson, who has been on the show, that scruffy looking nerf herder over there. Obi Wan Kenobi writer reveals Commander Cody's scrapped role in Disney Plus series. Whoa. Okay, let's get into it. In an exclusive interview with the directs Nathan Johnson, Obi Wan Kenobi writer Stuart Beatty revealed that Commander Cody initially played a big role in the draft for his Obi-Wan Kenobi film. Cody was rumored to appear in the project all the way through 2020, and it is possible that he was even in early scripts even after the project's transition into a series. When asked if there was any legacy characters from past Star Wars projects in his movie script, BD confirmed that there were, specifically noting that, quote, Cody was the big one, end quote. He went on to briefly describe what Cody's first appearance was supposed to be. So this is BD talking. Yeah, yeah, Cody was the big one. I love the idea of Obi-Wan having a buddy on Tatooine, like a secret buddy. So like the first time he goes into town, you see Cody and he's following him through the streets and attacks him, takes him into an alley with a knife to his throat and says, you're dead. And then you realize, oh no, Cody's making a point. Like, come on, you've got to be more careful. So guys, what do you think? Commander Cody, did we miss out on Commander Cody and Obi-Wan? David's going to go, yeah, this would have been better as a movie. The Obi-Wan Kenobi movie <laughs> sounds so much better than the show we got. But Jack, I'll go to you first. What do you think? Commander Cody and Obi-Wan Kenobi. God, I love this. You know, it's funny. He was a rumored character, as uh, we mentioned, uh, for a long time. And I completely forgot about him when the show started. And even all the way through till it ended, I honestly forgot about Cody possibly being in the show until I saw this article. I was like, oh my God, yeah, that would have been sweet. Like even like a mention or, or just something. But then you dive into this article and not only is like Cody kind of starting to help him and he, he mentions, BD mentions that uh, somewhere along the line in those 10 years, uh, Cody had his inhibitor chip removed. So he's like kind of good again and he wants to help out Obi-Wan. He's like, he, he feels bad. He feels guilty for what happened. And they would have been like buddies on Tatooine hanging out. At one point, he described a scene where they killed stormtroopers together. And then they're like, well, we got to get rid of these bodies. And so they go to the Sarlacc pit to dump the bodies in the Sarlacc pit so no one finds out that like what happened. And then apparently some other crew comes up and they're like, oh, th they might be Empire. They point their guns at each other. Then they realize they have dead stormtroopers in the back of their trunk too, like throwing bodies in the Sarlacc. Like it's very dark there. But it's like kind of like Goodfellas. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know about that scene specifically, but just the idea of Cody being around this heavily, man, especially you think about the movie, the movie only has so much to do, like, or so much time to get stuff done. I don't know if it all would have worked considering what else he has said in this interview about what he wanted to do in the story. But, um, I just, I like the idea of Cody being around in some way. I'll put it like that. David? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. When I saw this, cool. I don't know it necessarily needed to be needed to be there. I guess. Um, it would have changed the story a lot of what the show we actually got. So that kind of interests me, depending on the size of the role. Um, I mean, at least we did get one like reference, or we saw a clone. Uh, I thought that was pretty right. cool to have in the show. Um, just just a little nod, a little wink. Um, something kind of the connective tissue that we had. So that was pretty cool. But other than that, eh, um, I'm not upset. We didn't get it. I'm similar to you, David, I think, uh, 
just simply because I think it would have been nice to have had some more. I mean, Commander Cody is in the mainline movies, but he is has a bigger role in Clone Wars. I think it would have been cool to have seen some more Clone Wars stuff brought into it. But I'm also a little glad that we didn't get that simply because it did feel a little bit like an epilogue to the movies. It felt like an epilogue to Revenge of the Sith. I know that it's all one story, but there's this a, there's a felt bit of like yeah. it feels like two different products a little bit. The one thing I wanted to point out here uh, was if Cody was going to be in the show, I thought he was going to be bad still. Like, I thought he might be, like, kind of like, I guess a stormtrooper, but still a clone that's, like, leading stormtroopers, like, hunting down Jedi maybe with the Inquisitors. It's a really weird way to bring him in, like, be Obi-Wan's buddy. And then apparently he was supposed to be the one that was going to look after Luke when Obi-Wan went off to go deal with Vader and Leia or whatever. So... Yeah, this isn't how I imagined them possibly using Cody. So overall, I think I'm glad that it was cut, just like you guys, because it's not how I imagined him being in the show. Uh, on to the next story from one Disney Plus series to another. Uh, Andor producer spoils season two plot structure. Speaking to Empire, Andor creator Tony Gilroy revealed that season two of the Star Wars series will feature several time jumps, eventually leading viewers closer to the events of Rogue One. Gilroy explained that Andor is developed in, quote, blocks of three episodes, end quote. And season two will see the series, quote, move a year closer to Rogue One with each block, end quote. This is the full quote that he says. The scale of the show is so huge. Directors work in blocks of three episodes. So we did four blocks in season one of three episodes each. We looked and said, wow, it'd be really interesting if we come back and we use each block to represent a year. We'll move a year closer with each block. From a narrative point of view, it's really exciting to be able to work on something where you do a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then jump a year, end quote. Additionally, series lead Diego Luna, who plays Cassie and Andor, hyped up the show and its structure, noting that it answers the question, quote, how did we end up there in Rogue One, end quote. Thoughts, gentlemen. David, what do you think? I know you're amped for Andor. Does this excite you? Does it get you more excited? Thoughts? It gets me more excited. I really like the idea of this. I'm going to sound like a broken record. If you're a fan of the direct podcast and listen to that and Reckless Re Rebellion, which you should. Um, but we talked about that for the July uh, 6 Wednesday episode. This is part of the news. I think this is an example of I've complained about this for a while now where I feel like in general right now in, I don't know, movie studios, media companies with streaming services, they're saying companies all over the place. Hey, make this. It must be a series. It has to. This must be a show that we can put on streaming. Okay? Got it. Oh, hey, that that project too, Obi-Wan or whatever, that has to be a series too now. Okay, make that a show. Figure it out. To me, Andor, the way they're laying this out feels organic. It feels like, hey, here's this Cassian Andor character leading up to Rogue One. What's the best? What is the best possible way of telling this? Oh, a two-season structure where we, we we have time jumps, we cover a lot of time in episodes, and we go from there and it leads right into Rogue One. This feels authentic. It feels organic. It feels like there's some real creativity happening here. Not that it is – you're not going to hear David Thompson be like, Andor should have been a movie. No. This should be a show. It se Seemingly, it should be a show told over its two seasons covering these you know this length of time and leads right in. This is beautiful to me. To me, this is pure creativity, actually using the series structure, the streaming structure in a positive way. Like in a um, – it's more of a tool, not a – it's not hampering it. 
it, it's uplifting it. And I want to see more of this. I feel like right now we're seeing way too much lack of creativity just because, hey, um, uh, oh my gosh, we have to make uh, this show for that with this many episodes. Um, go do it. Figure it out. I, I think we're getting way too much of that. And to me, this feels organic and authentic and it makes me even more excited. It feels like something they're doing because they can rather than something that they have to. Like, it feels right. like mm -hmm. we don't, it doesn't feel like they have to make an Andor show. It feels like, hey, we can make an Andor show and yeah. it can look like this instead of going, as you said, we have this character and we have to make a show out of it. It's going to be this many episodes. Jack, what do you think about this structure? Does it concern you at all? What's up? You guys are really good podcasters. Let me just get that out of the way. You guys are coming here with like fully formed thoughts, well said, well structured and i'm just over here trying to make sense of the attack of the clones plot um <laughs> to be I fair jack this. i did already talk about this earlier today but yeah i, I, I didn't have it already prepared um, yeah you have a head start um yep. i love this though um it gives me major clone wars vibes of how they would do like a three episode arc and then jump to another story uh could be before the one that you just watched could be after the one you just watched it doesn't, doesn't really matter it's just, just telling the story that it's telling um David, a good comparison that I was kind of thinking in my head when you were uh, majestically talking about what you're talking about. It's kind of like with Obi-Wan or with whatever other show, like maybe some of the Disney Plus uh, MCU shows. It's like they were they had they they were told to sculpt something. Let's just say they had to sculpt a squid, right? And they're just like sculpting away, and it's like, oh wait, we can we can do this now instead. Hey, that that squid that you started sculpting, make it an octopus now. They're like, oh okay, and so they're retooling and trying to sculpt it into something else. Instead, when you get something like Andor, maybe even Miss Marvel is a good example of this for the MCU side. It's like from the beginning, they were picturing an octopus. From the beginning, they're like, this is a TV show. Let's let's think of this show. Let's write it like a TV show. Whereas something like Obi-Wan, I hate to say it coming out of it. I mean, I've already said it. Uh, I agree with David. It sh I think it should have been a movie. As much as I did like the series, I just the way it was structured, I think there was a lot of fluff surrounding some stuff that could have been cut, could have been narrowed down and could have been more focused. So uh, I love what they're talking about here. I'm really excited for the show. And I think he also meant Gil Tony Gilroy also mentioned like the, just like the scope of this whole thing. And like it, I mean, you could tell just by the trailer, it, it feels like a movie feels like cinema. So um, yeah, I'm pumped for Andor and I love that. We only have to wait till August till we get the first two episodes. Not all that long, not Very all that close. long at all. Yeah. Um, on to our last news story of the week i'm gonna say it's another disney plus news story but it seems we're just that star wars at this point there's no there are no movie updates we're not going to talk about taika <laughs> saying like yep don't know what the movie is i'm not um, taking that bait this week Klein. <laughs> <laughs> uh the last story is ahsoka actress teases high stakes of disney plus spinoff in an interview with empire magazine ahsoka actress rosario dawson and natasha lou board bordizo i think so Natasha Lou Bordizo commented on what fans can expect in the upcoming Disney Plus series. Dawson, the woman behind Ahsoka Tano herself, noted in her two live-action appearances, fans haven't gotten much of her as a character, and that, quote, even fans who've lived with her for so long don't know where she's at now in this journey. Bordizo, who's who will be playing the Mandalorian Sabine Wren, added how her character is, quote, so fearless and brave, end quote, while also teasing the, quote, very high stakes, end quote, in play. For those worried that they might be missing out if they haven't seen Star Wars Rebels, David Thompson, don't fret. Bordizo assured that, quote, they've got a standalone chapter as it is, end quote. 
So there's a few different things that we can tackle in here. Obviously, high stakes, it's Star Wars. They're not going to tell a story with low stakes. I don't know. That just that seems yeah. a little weird to me in a sci-fi epic. You wouldn't not gonna, say that yeah. when promoting it. <laughs> hey, it's a pretty low stakes, relaxed. Star yeah, Wars we're actually, series, it's going to be about two people sitting at a 50s diner in space, just hanging out, <laughs> just talking. I'd watch um, that. Depends on the people, oh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Reservoir Dogs in a in space. It's like what's um, that movie where it's just in a in a car the entire time? The one with um, Jay Jill or not Driving Miss Daisy? Not that movie. It's, it's a Tom Hardy movie. Tom Hardy, what what is that movie um, called? Oh my gosh! It's Venom driving two. some driving around. <laughs> Hang on, I'm pulling up his filmography. It's gonna drive me nuts. Tom Hardy driving movie Lock. Lock. The movie yeah. Lock. <laughs> I have no flip. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Check it out, Klein. Uh, Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom Hardy, 2013 flick. He's in a he's in a car. Like I'm imagine imagine like a Star Wars story, but he's like he's in a car the in, in a ship the entire time, and like it's just like this conversation, all this craziness happening. That's what I'm imagining. All right, thank you, back, Jack. Back for, to Star yeah, Wars. Back, though. back to the Jack Pews. You're so excited for Ahsoka. This what is, this is what, my series, what, what man what is this i don't know if there's a ton to really glean here but i don't know what do you think i do i do like the fact that rosario dawson pointed out what she said even fans who've lived with her for so long don't know where she's at now in this journey it's very true because even if you think about what she does in rebels you see her from uh ezra's point of view like you don't know because she like kind of comes in and out of certain episodes in season two and you you don't know what she's going off to go do like you you assume and of course it all leads somewhere and that's the season two finale uh with her and vader but like you don't really you don't get you get a lot of character without getting a ton of character it's very odd like she's just in and out she's off doing her own thing and and then of course i mean rebels is what like it's three years before Rogue One or something where, where she where we last see her. So a bunch of years have passed until we get to her now in the Mandalorian era. So it's like, where has she been? What has she been doing? What is this character? Like we again, we see her in the Mandalorian season two, but we don't get a ton of her. It's all about like Mando's story and, and baby Yoda, Grogu. Uh, oh, that's when we figure out uh, Grogu's name. Um, so I'm happy that they're going to address that. And this does seem to, even though they're bringing in some of the rebel stuff and and it seems like there's going to be a much bigger story at play. They are going to focus in on the character of Ahsoka Tano. I will say, I hope that it would be high stakes seeing where we left, like the characters at the end of rebels and assuming where the story is going to go. Like that kind of cliffhanger that they leave you on is like, that's pretty high stakes. Like some major person has disappeared and they are going to find them. Uh, or attempt to find them. David, does this do anything for you? Are you excited having not seen Rebels that maybe you can dive into this and get most of the context? Yeah, I mean, in general, uh, like Ahsoka isn't on my like highest anticipated shows right now. Um, but I will say what this what this story is kind of telling me is that what I, my expectation is probably like some flashbacks, maybe give it context. I hope so. Right. Because I think, like you guys are mentioning, you know, it's been a long time. We need context for what this Ahsoka is, like who Ahsoka is now, what she's doing, what the point is. Um, th- I will say, like, 
bringing in i understand i haven't seen rebels but i kind of understand that there's like you kind of we've talked about it a bunch obviously you know hey i'm here on a star wars podcast all the time um i i can see how like there's this kind of rebels 2.0 like story continuation that could be happening and it, it kind of has been happening a little bit in the mandalorian where i don't know um i'm just curious they need to keep the attention of those that haven't seen the animated shows you know they they can't the the show creators want disney lucasfilm wants ahsoka to get great numbers but right now i think a lot of people like ahsoka was she she showed up in the mandalorian season two a wildly successful popular show already like people in general are gonna be like oh ahsoka from the mandalorian not Ahsoka mm. from Rebels, which is kind of a crazy concept, but they have to take that into, you know, the writing of the story and how they're going to portray this because this can be a very successful, I think, series. But in some ways, to me, I'm not going to lie, when I mentioned earlier where, oh, like Cassian, like the Andor show seems more authentic to me, I hope, I hope Ahsoka is. Because in mm. from my perspective, like I've seen Clone Wars, the majority of it, I could definitely use a rewatch because I feel like I watched it more, mostly when I was young. The latest season, obviously, dove into that. But in general, it's like I feel like we kind of get Ahsoka's story a lot of it in Clone Wars, in Rebels. This feels a little bit like a, hey, this is a cool, like splashy character to have a mm. cool like, and we have a live action star for her now. Like, let's do this thing. So I'm curious. I hope for the sake of everyone that's like loves rebels, this whole story kind of like lands it, I guess. Cause I, I am, I'm a little nervous about it. I'm not going to lie because I think the timeline of it all is kind of iffy for me. It doesn't seem you, super you natural. Say that, you say that David, but having completed a rebels watch, there is a story to tell. Mm-hmm, there is right. very much a, we are ending this and yes, this is a fitting end to this story, but we are ending it in a way that there is, immediate questions of like wait a second when am i going to get that and that is this mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and right jack wanted to say something well I, I had a question for you david but i will jumping off that real quick line i i agree that like dave filoni has said as much like yeah they needed the green light from disney and i think they needed to see where the interest of a live action version of this character was at with like the general audience uh with yeah. mandalorian before they greenlit it but with Dave, yeah. like this story was going to get told no matter what. It's just a matter of like what kind of format it was. Gonna, I mean, it was always going to be a TV show because that's what I think it's just where Dave is at uh, in his yeah. journey with Lucasfilm. But whether it was animated, whether it was live action, like this story was going to get told. But I have a question for you, David. As someone, you just said you could use a rewatch of Clone Wars. Uh, haven't seen Rebels. Do you think, I guess it's really only Mando season two. Do you think Mando season two did it? Has Mando overall has done mm. a good job of reaching the audience that hasn't seen the animated shows and still making it make sense and fitting Mm. within what they're watching now in this live action TV show universe? Yes and no. I think it really varies on the experience of the audience member, I guess. Like even me, I'm, I'm in an interesting spot where it's like, I'm a person that probably like if to the outside world, let's say, you would think I've seen all of the animated shows, right? right? Yeah. Oh, he, he's on a Star Wars podcast. Big, he must be the Resistance fan. Yeah, he loves <laughs> everything that drips Star Wars. I'm basically Thomas, right? I've read every book. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I'm not, right? I'm, I'm kind of, I, I 
seeming like, i can't tell people sometimes i'm like an old school quote-unquote like star wars fan like i feel like i really mm. like a lot of my arguments are based on like how much things have just ruined the original trilogy in general and how those are really like the precious like moments of star wars anyway um there's rogue one of course but i think they've done a decent job back to my point with like depends on the audience member for me i kind of under have a better understanding of who ahsoka is in general so i can't mm -hmm. speak from like someone who has no idea but i think for someone who has no idea they might have some questions of like because in general they wouldn't really know the connection with like luke there in, in book of boba fett where it's like that's such a crazy scene <laughs> when you think about it from like a fan perspective but for someone to sit in there watching book of boba fett they're like cool like this this random kind quote unquote like random kind of like force using like jedi right because it's almost from mandalorian's perspective for i'd say the general audience that doesn't know anything about the animated shows it's like who is this ahsoka person and i think if they take that route for the show with obviously making it a kind of a bit of a sequel to rebels and everything like that it'll be positive and i mean if we get hayden back too ooh. oh he's in he's growing that hair out for a reason i'm all right I, i'm into <laughs> it i'm into it i, I want to see him back again I, I just trashed him in this podcast for episode two but <laughs> i bring it on i love best acting moment that man has ever had he isn't he is really good in the movie um i think it's called shattered um shattered glass or is it just called glass maybe anyway glass is that uh, sequel to split okay no not that <laughs> M -Night yeah. Shyamalan. jumper not jumper no ah. i think it's shattered glass i think it's, it's shattered glass <laughs> it's he's a journalist and he like lies it's it's a really good movie <laughs> he's a journalist and lies it That's is called great... shattered glass it shattered is called glass. shattered glass oh, we, we got there jack um <laughs> he's he's excellent in shattered glass besides shattered glass <laughs> i remember and watching jumper. and jumper best acting hayden christensen moment was in episode six of obi-wan kenobi when the mask was torn off and he's sitting there being vader and obi-wan that was so good that was awesome i want to watch that right now i love that show god that was so good i loved that anyway <laughs> yeah i think I, I was just asking that question because i personally i mean look i know everything sure but i think they've done a good job of at least saying like look here are characters from these other shows. If you haven't seen them, it's okay. Like you're still gonna be invested in this story. If you have seen them, great, come along for this great ride. Like I, I think they've done a good job of like, if you wanna go back and watch the animated shows, you can, or if you're interested, great. Like I think they've captured the attention of the audience of like, like you said, like who is Ahsoka Tano? Who is Bo-Katan? Like how is Luke Skywalker here during this time? All that. Um, but I always, I like to ask because I, with Star Wars, there's just so many sects of the fandom. Like you could get someone yeah. who's watched Clone Wars but not Rebels or watched Rebels but not Clone Wars or who reads all the books. I know someone who has seen the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, read all the Legends books and have, hasn't seen a piece of Star Wars since. I love that person. <laughs> like, Whoever they are, that's my kind of guy. Yeah, they're gal. living blissfully. Like that, they're just like they in blissful ignorance. I love people that got pissed when uh, the canon changed. They were like, they're no, like, what no. the fuck? Yeah, like I'm not watching. Everything. Are you telling me my guy <laughs> Kyle K Kyle Katarn isn't real anymore? <laughs> oh, no, thank you. It 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 is kind of that that that's a that's a whole other discussion, like canon and Star Wars and stuff. There is something to be said about like, the Legends books, like because now for me, I feel much less like inclined to go read a Legends book. I yeah. guess you could treat it as like 
oh, like a, you know, what if kind of deal, like it could, it could have been, but there's been some really cool stories out there that I feel like I would have wanted to read if it was canon, but now I feel like, oh, this is canon, this, this actually happened, I want to read it. That's kind of an issue with Star Wars, I think, that everything has to connect. Like in Marvel, it's just like there's the comics, and they can do whatever the hell they want, and there's like, right. you know, the shows and the movies is a whole different thing. Well, I think it's, well, there's that book called Heir to the Empire, which Klein, you have read, I believe. Heir to the Empire? Is that the one of the Zahn books? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the beginning of that trilogy. I've read that trilogy is insane. That's what episode seven, eight, and nine, like, for a lot of people was. Like, right, oh, right, these, right. this is episode seven, eight, and nine, and they're fantastic. And I think because they tell that time period, like, after Return of the Jedi, and now for us, you know, or for canon before the sequel trilogy, I think they... I think they're going to adapt that in, in some ways that that air. I don't know story. how they could because it's a lot to do with the kids. Well, true. I know. I just mean more so from like the Thrawn perspective and the Empire perspective, like after Return of the Jedi. Um, just just because it's like, what is going to be this big conflict that Ahsoka, Mando, Book of Boba Fett, and now Skeleton Crew are all going to lead to? The the only thing I can think of is something with Thrawn and something Galactus with Galactus has opened a portal into the star wars universe <laughs> and the mcu and the star wars canon will become they collide one. exactly worlds are colliding as george costanza directed say. by Zack snyder can't wait coming 2028 <laughs> right 2028. after Ro rogue squadron 2 oh yeah can't wait for that one that's gonna be awesome despite 15 minutes of talking my friends failed to mention that Grand Admiral Mithran Urodo will also be in Ahsoka. Now back to my Thrawn hating friends. Shout out World Between Worlds. Uh, that's going to do it for the Rebel Report this week. Do not forget, folks. Jack, tell them what they need to do. PSA every week. Cite your sources, please. So where do we get these news stories, Jack? That would be from thedirect.com, where all three of us work, and one of us is now the co-host of their flagship podcast. You like how I got flagship and podcast on there? It's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, Mr. Awesome. Moneybags down there, big podcast raise. Jeez Louise. Misty, man. Mr. Moneybags down here. Yep, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Basically runs the place now. Oh, well, don't forget us when you're famous, David. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Kevin um, Durant of podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. Just throwing himself. Hey, you <laughs> know what? I think I'm going to start my own thing. Me. I think I'm going to, I've, I've done this with these other people. I've done, I've won my championships <laughs> with this guy, Thomas Carter. I want to go do my own thing. I want to build it from the ground up. It's called cinema spending. And what does he do? <laughs> 12 weeks into it? Nope. I'm done with this. I request a trade. And where is he now? Riding on the coattails of one Matt Remke <laughs> off the foot, off just taking that Liam Crowley diving board and jumping in the pool as best he can. That's right. That's right. I'm diving in, baby. And you never know what's next. What's going to be next, Klein? What's going to be next? I can't wait. Next week, he's going to come and be like, yeah, well. Hey, Liam's guys, join a job of the pod. See you later, Thomas. <laughs> exactly. Job, return to the pod, wherever. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm kidding. Anyway. Uh... But you yes, can find new I am, I am Kevin Durant. over Jack Dorsey. Jack, David's <laughs> showing up. Oh my god! Uh, that is that is gonna do it for uh, the episode this week. Jack, where can we find the show on Twitter? You can find Reckless Rebellion on Twitter at Reckless Rebels. I'm not gonna spell it like Thomas because I can't read. 
Um, guys, where can everyone find you on the social media? <laughs> I just love that reasoning because <laughs> I can't read. I really can't. If I try to spell something, I'm screwed. Uh, David, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, that's at the David Thompson, two A's in the David. Also, of course, as Klein just so nicely uh, mentioned, I am now one of the co-hosts of the direct podcast. Co-host, um, is that what they're calling you? Wow. Maybe, maybe just, I could just, you know, per- permanent guest, maybe just week. Intern? Intern. Yeah. I, I'm there Matt Rimke's intern juice over there. Boy. I give them the juice boxes. I throw them some box office numbers, uh, things like that. Matt, just all the- how I imagine it's gone so far. Matt sets up the podcast, goes, "Hey guys, welcome to Direct Podcast. I'm Matt, Juice Box Boy David over here. David, give me two laps." And David gets up and he goes, he runs a couple laps around the block. Matt does the podcast. He comes back. Oh David's like, "Oh, did I miss anything?" And Matt's like, "Well, that's gonna wrap it up for this week, guys. Uh, where can everyone find you, David?" He like has like, like Jack, David like Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> What are the Vegas betting odds for David's next podcast? That would be a really fun segment. I'm kidding. Yeah, and that, yeah, direct podcast, check it out. Uh, We've actually had a lot going on. It's crazy because I just started. So we had um, episode, what was that, 98, Um, then a Thor primer. Then this week we have episode 99, and then we have episode 100, which is going to be the Thor Love and Thunder review Um, and a little extra sauce at the end too. So go check that out. Um, everything you need to know about the universes that you love um, at the Direct Podcast. I love that tagline. Klein, where can everybody find you on the socials? Uh, you can find me at Cinema Spending. I've actually taken over that feed and uh, <laughs> we're we'll talking about box office numbers every week. I'm only Klein joking. sends Drew or uh, our, uh, Tom on, uh, on laps. All right, Tom. <laughs> see you, uh, you can see find you in a me. While. You can find me everywhere. I'm at the Kleinfelt. That's T H E K L E I N F E L T. Also, I host a video game podcast called Controller Club. Sometimes they did an episode without me while I was uh, banished in the wilderness. So I haven't listened to it yet. So I need to see how they. Maybe they're better without me. Maybe that you was my last. The Fall Guys episode, Klein. What's going Not on? Yeah, dude? I'm, I'm catch, dude. I had five hours of mediocre Star Wars content. To watch, okay? <laughs> that is mediocre is being nice. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you can find us podcast services everywhere. Just look up Controller Club. We do a monthly video game book club. And this week, we're going to be doing our June game because we're a little late because some of my co-hosts didn't start the game until a week before we had to do the review. I won't name any names, Tom Drew. Uh, But yeah, if you you like Super Mario Odyssey, come and listen to that conversation because we're going to be talking about one of the best Mario games ever made. That's your opinion on that? Okay, never mind. Well, I don't have an opinion on that because I hate games. Uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Jack Pews, P-U-E-S. It's all one word, and I'm lame. I don't have another podcast to talk about, but go check out their podcast. They're I hear the great. cinema spending domain is open. Yeah. Oh, is it? Maybe, maybe I'll hop on there. Maybe. I hey, look, I'm a business student. What the fuck? I should. There be you go, the dude. Come on, dude. Now. Jack. I, I would I'll say you're more well-equipped to do this podcast than David ever was. <laughs> Maybe. And it's pretty much a solo podcast. So I don't need to worry about my own Wi-Fi. You know? exactly. It's, it's exactly. a solo, a podcast story, man. Do it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that would absolutely nice. be my the name I change it to. Cinema that's, Spending. That'd so. be really cool. <laughs> it would be. It's got like 17, like... Uh... <laughs> Like different colons, colons yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cinema, yeah. cinema colon, spending colon, solo uh, <laughs> a podcast story with Jack Hughes. 
Oh my god, it reminds me of like Disney Gallery colon the Mandalorian colon the making of the Mandalorian. Colon water boy for the Jags. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Lawrence hairbrusher. Um yeah, guys, recommendations. I don't know. Well, before we get to recommendations, can't get enough Star Wars talk, then I recommend Return of the Pod, Fat oh, Man yes. Beyond. And of course, check out our friends at the Direct Podcast, hosted by Matt Remke and our own David Coach Thompson. We're very proud of you, David. We do joke, but we're very proud we of you. Very proud. Again, for the people in the back, that last one is the Direct Podcast. <laughs> recommendations <laughs> from us three. David, any recommendations? Ooh, Excellent question. I'm glad you asked. I haven't talked about it yet on this show. This little show on Hulu called Murderers in the Building. Or Murders in the Building. Only murders in the building. <laughs> Only <story>. psychopaths <laughs> in the building and Selena Gomez. So me and my girlfriend, or my fiance, sorry, uh, started watching this show because Selena Gomez is in it. And she loves Selena Gomez. And season one uh, came in. Well, same. Same. <laughs> Same, second dude. Crush behind she's Padme like Amadou. oh let's watch this selena gomez in it i'm like yeah sure okay go cool, awesome cool this is great um also martin shorts in it also steve martin is in it and it's a really good show um season two has just begun uh i really enjoyed the first season it's fun it's it's shot in a very unique way like i like the cinematography of it it's very cool there's something like comforting about the show it's it's kind of odd and they even mentioned it's actually very on the nose where even like they say because it's kind of about like a podcast ironically enough and they make it seem like the, the podcast is like in this kind of comforting way as well the way they portray it and the show is a bit of like a comfort show it's really good it seems like it kind of came out of nowhere it's very random it's not it's not something that's being made by every studio right now every streaming service and uh i'm a fan so yeah only murders in the building thank you jack for the correction i'm terrible with titles like i said earlier with the Tom Hardy driving movie and glass, <laughs> not glass. glass. Uh, well, I knew what you were talking about, David, because that was going to be my recommendation. That's the second week in a row. David Thompson has stolen my recommendation for the week. Nice. Um, I'm scrambling now. You'll, I guess. Go, you'll go first next week, Jack. <laughs> I will. And it's going to be two completely different recommendations. I guess Brotherhood, a Star Wars book. I didn't really want to recommend it. It's a really good book. I'm like 50, 60 pages in. Um, of course I had to text Thomas about it. Uh, it is, it does lead in pretty well after attack of the clones. Um, it, you know, that line in revenge of the Sith, and we'll get into this next week. Cause that's what we're covering, uh, with the rebel rewatch, you know, when Obi-Wan goes that business on Kato, Mano- Kato, Kato Nemordia doesn't, doesn't count. I'll see you at the briefing. Like when they're talking about, like, I saved your skin for the 10th time. This book is about that business on Kato Nemordia. And I can't say that word nice and smoothly. I apologize. Um, what's a really good recommendation though? I don't know. I, yeah. Only murders in the building. Go see Elvis. That was my recommendation last week that David stole. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing. I'm clueless. I'm clueless. Klein, what about you? Klein? <laughs> uh, what about me? Well, I've been in, as I mentioned, the wilderness for the past week. So I haven't done a lot of watching of things. <laughs> um, I need to catch up on my movies. Still have not seen Top Gun. Um, oh my gosh that come on that, that blows my mind <laughs> still have not seen top gun um still have not seen bob's burgers the movie which that oh, comes out fine. on disney plus this week so i'm very ex- oh. or in the next couple of weeks very excited about that haven't seen elvis 
Um, what about Minions: but, The Rise of Gru, which is like taking oh, of over course I've seen Minions. Are you kidding me? No, I have <laughs> not. Die day one. <laughs> it has it has it has taken over the the movie going industry. Um, but my recommendation is actually going to be something that you can do, and it's outside. Ooh. I last week went surfing for the well, not for the first time. I've surfed in much warmer waters before. I went surfing nice. in the ice cold Pacific, and it was brutal, but it was so much fun. Go surfing. If you're near an ocean or if you ever get the opportunity, do it. It is so much fun. Um, other than that, got nothing for you. Watched a really depressing true crime thing on Netflix yet last. We finished it last night and would not mm. recommend that. Which one? That's wait, refreshing. Wait, hold on. Which one was that? <clears throat> Keep sweet, pray, and obey about the uh, FLDS, the, the Church of Latter-day Saints. Okay. Compound. Uh, we were about to watch that. See, watch. It's good. I will say it's good. It, you're in for a, a ride. Uh, we watched it because I am fairly close to the FLDS because I, my first radio job out of college was in a community that in that show is about the, this guy, Warren Jeffs, who is now in jail, who is the head of all of this. He gets elected in the show to be the head. The guy who he was running kind of against gets exiled and went and moved to this community that I was or that I moved to to do radio, and so there was a big community there. So we watched it because it was like, "Hey, wow. we've I've got some loose connection." But it is fascinating and disturbing and very, very upsetting. But what that's interesting. You can so watch that. Yeah, we we want to watch. Well, we probably will watch that. My uh, Jasmine loves that kind of stuff. We watched. Um, I don't know if you have. I don't think you'd have. Uh, Under the Banner of Heaven with. See, uh, here's the, here's the, you're, you're you're it's on Hulu, right? Correct. All Hulu content is on Canadian Disney Plus. Right on. So As it there. should be, by the way. Yeah. So, and you haven't seen it yet, Klein? Have not watched it yet. Andrew Garfield, though, he's in it. He is in it, and it is excellent. I loved that show. Can't wait to watch. Yeah, it's really, and he, obviously, he's excellent. Like, he, oh my gosh, thinking about the movie we just watched and the performances in that show, Wyatt Russell, dude, he is crazy. He's in the psychotic. show? And he is awesome. Nice. And the guy from Avatars in the show. I don't even know his name. The Sam guy... Worthington. That sounds about right. The main Jake guy. From Sully? Av- yeah. yeah. He's their brothers. There's a bunch of brothers. It's so good. Oh. That, that show is really good. And the dad from Twilight. Taylor Lautner's yeah. dad. Can't pull that name. Nope. Yep. <laughs> got, got you there, Klein. <laughs> uh, Twilight. What a time. Yeah. Um, I can't go surfing or I'll break my leg again. Uh, next week, Rebel Rewatch, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Be there or be square. Oh, my God. Are we doing that. the, like, five-hour cut with the Lone Wars finale? No, we're not doing it. You can watch it. I, we're not doing it. I No, I, I guess I'll side with David on that one. No, we're not doing it. Sorry, Thomas. I can't defend I've never that seen the I don't have five hours of my time. machete cut of the, the prequels. Like, there's... I forget who isn't it the actor who played Venom and Spider-Man three edited together like a cut yeah. of the prequels that, that is that actually supposed show. to be decent. Oh my god, what's his name? Topher Grace. Topher, Topher Grace. Grace, yes. That's right. I never, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. He I would did like to watch like it at some point. It's like a four-hour cut of all the prequels together that actually makes it cohesive and decent. Hmm. That'd be good. Yeah, I'm just gonna plug in the disc or watch it on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, gotta get that 4K. I use the disc for the Phantom Menace and the Tiger Plus. I did Disney Plus. I like I like pulling out the discs, man. You know, it's something yeah, like special. Yeah, la- laser disc. 
I still have the the OG versions of the original trilogy that George like. I don't know how I have them, but like because yeah, I know awesome. he did the special editions. But whatever. I would um, love to watch these all in like VHS. That'd be so much fun. I didn't Those do it, but when I was on my trip, we were in a thrift store and they had the original cut trilogy on VHS. Bro, wow! For twenty dollars, I didn't buy it though. Oh, I would have. You should have bought it. Yeah, I would have absolutely bought it. Well, I don't I think have it, a VHS player. I don't... Buy one. Dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm reconduing my life right now. If it doesn't bring me joy, it's out of here. It's oh, fine. okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Sentience and droids, we've reached the end of the episode. Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Yippee! I am an angel. Thank you very much, little Annie. What? Remember how I was saying that uh, I'm probably not the only one who remembers this movie? I've had how many? Two people have replied already. Oh, three people have replied already to my tweet. What? Yeah. Who? David, do you remember an American tale? Fievel? Uh, no. Oh, my God. You guys, <laughs> what kind of childhood did you have? <coughs> I don't know, man. Who responded? Even Spielberg Anyone produced. Know? Uh, some people I know, some like oh. video game journalist people, you know, no it? big deal. An American, an American Tale? Movie. This movie? I do not. I do not know. Wow. See, see I've Spielberg seen the produced. Wow. Directed by Don Bluth. Come on. I see it. Spielberg presents. What about what about Spielberg their presents. back? Do you guys remember their back? It was an animated movie about like dinosaurs coming back to life. Their back. No. Yeah. I just watched Jurassic Park. Like, like oh, no, studio. we're back. We're back. That's directed by Steven. No, it's not. What am I talking about? John Goodman. Was <laughs> Steven in it? Spielberg directed a little movie called Jurassic Park. Klein. He also directed. He also directed the first Land Before Time, which we have been over. <laughs> we had. We covered that. <laughs> which is a great movie. I've seen it once when I was Land Before out. Time was the it. first great cinematic universe. <laughs> cinematic universe. Does it share it with the good dinosaur? Hey, no, guys. Okay, if I look up The Land Before Time, let's see how many sequels there were, okay? Because there were a lot. I feel like I did not see a single one of those sequels. What? I had a box set. I had them all. <laughs> the the uh, VHS tapes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I had the bo- VHS box set. So, guys, there was The Land Before Time, the first movie. Then there was direct-to-video sequels. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and an animated series. That's a cinematic universe. <laughs> what on what? earth? Yeah. Why? Well, first, of course, we have The Great Valley Adventure in 1994, which came out six years after The First Land Before Time. Then there was The Time of the Great Giving, Journey Through the Mist, Mysterious Island, Secret of Sorrow's Rock, Stone of the Cold Fire, the Big Freeze, Journey to Big Water, The Great Lawn Neck Migration, Invasion of the Tinosaurus, The Great Day of the Flyers, Wisdom of Friends, and Journey of the Brave. Um, I like how all of them have subtitles, too. They're not just numbered. Like, they're all no, really these specific, no, 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 no. like, deep stories. Well, because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's evergreen, right? You can get in anywhere. Right on, yeah. It's kind of like Star Wars. You can, like, you can start, you want to start episode one, you totally can. You can start episode Four, you totally can. Mm. Mm. 
right jack it's great. Of star wars let's get started on that so my phone doesn't die before the show <laughs> 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 are, 